0: Hello sweet bitches. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. If you are looking to get a website built for your business, for your personal use, to put up pictures of your dick, I don't know if you could do that. Did they do porn? I don't know. Squarespace is your answer for everything other than the dick. The dick thing you might want to look into. I don't know how that works. But Squarespace, what it is, is a simple, easy to use, drag-and-drop interface that allows you to create a badass professional website in minutes, moments even, if you would. Uh, Each website comes with a free online store. Uh, You get a free domain name if you sign up for a year, and it is super easy to use. The websites that people have produced using Squarespace are fucking beautiful, and you would never imagine how quickly you can make them. You have the use of Getty Images for for very cheap, I forget how much it's worth for each image. Find that out, Jamie. How much does a crossword? It used to be a part of our ads. But might, the point is, the experience of uh, creating a website with Squarespace is virtually painless. Uh, and the websites work on everything. It's going to work on a Windows phone, if you have one of those fucking things. Oh, okay. Ten bucks for each image, which normally would be hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to use. Um, And you have access to millions of uh, Getty images, Uh, literally millions. Actually, I should say. They should change in the use of that word literally. They're literally saying now (laughs) that uh, you could use it wrong because everybody's used it wrong for so long, it's become right. Baby, you're so wrong, you're right. What you can make with Squarespace is a fucking awesome website. I fully support it. I can't say enough good things about it. A lot of my friends have their websites created with Squarespace. The Fighter and the Kid is made with Squarespace. DougStanhope.com is made with Squarespace. Easy. Easy as fuck. Start your free trial today. Visit Squarespace.com forward slash Joe. That's Squarespace.com forward slash Joe. We're also brought to you by Me Undies. Me Undies is my all time favorite underwear. It is all I wear. I used to wear other underwear, and then I'd have Me Undies sometimes, and I'd say, Ooh, these are better. But now I threw my other underwear the fuck away. I don't want them. They're bullshit. Me Undies is just better. They're made out of Modal. It's a fabric that's twice as soft as cotton, although there's no real metric for measuring softness. But they're awesome. And it's a. A sustainable fiber. It's um, It also somehow or another wicks moisture away from your genitalia if you're a girl. They make girl underwear. I would say ball and dick. Your ball bag and your cock. <laughs> but um, they make them for women. They also make matching underwear. So if you're one of those fucking freaks... Where you and the your your lady friend, or even you're your boyfriend too, but then it wouldn't be like matching men and women's. But if you and your boyfriend, if you're a girl, I could say it that way, or you and your girlfriend, if you're a boy, if you want matching underwear because you're fucking dorks, you can get that. They have dozens of styles, limited edition prints. I have a lot of like cool art prints. Uh, you can make a statement with your underwear. Woo! Don't do that. Just wear cool shit. Okay. Awesome underwear can't go wrong with them. They feel great. They are really well designed, and uh, like I said, the fabric modal is super soft and just—they're just way better than any other underwear I've ever worn before. Shipping is free in the U.S. and Canada, and you could save up to eight dollars a pair with the Me Undies subscription plan. Hmm. Get the subscription plan or a single pair. Get 20% off your first order when you go to MeUndies.com forward slash Rogan. That's MeUndies.com forward slash Rogan for 20% off your first order. MeUndies.com forward slash Rogan. And we are also brought to you by Legal Zoom, ladies and gentlemen. LegalZoom is an online business that allows you to do legal shit simply and easily from the comfort of your own home. While you're naked and drunk you could do anything you want. You don't you don't have to you don't have to do it all in one setting You can fucking move around you could pause it and go watch a fucking episode of Game of Thrones Nobody gives a shit you also because legal zoom is not a law firm um, You can count on efficiency and value and they don't do things with uh, hourly rates It's all upfront pricing and it's really cheap and easy. They have an A plus from the Better Business Bureau. Bureau, that's a weird word. Bureau. Bureau. Better Business Bureau. <laughs> doesn't sound like it. Doesn't sound like it's the right word, but it is. Um, Legal Zoom is uh, seriously easy to do. We we actually I didn't do it. Aubrey did. Started the first um, LLC for on it with Legal Zoom. You can do a lot of shit. You can start an LLC, form a corporation. Uh, make a last will or a living trust uh, and you can also apparently get divorced but Boy, you gotta pick a good spouse to allow them to, to For them allow you to get away with that But if you like wanted to like if you were both like really cool with each other you're like Let's just not be married anymore. You could do it through legal zoom and that way you wouldn't have to pay exorbitant legal fees Get your shit together, folks, with an estate plan bundle at LegalZoom.com today and enter the code word Rogan at checkout for a discount. That's LegalZoom.com. Enter the code word Rogan. And we're done. Oh, uh, there's always On It, but come on, you've heard this podcast a million times. Today we're going to let you off the hook since Brian Callum is wearing an On It t shirt. That's my guest. Spoiler alert. Onnit.com. O n n i t. Use the code word Rogan. Save ten percent off any and all supplements. Bam! My guest, my brother Brian Callan. Enjoy. Joe Rogan Podcast. Check it out. The Joe Rogan Experience.
1: Train my day. Joe Rogan Podcast. by night. All day. <laughs> Don't dang dang turn it down.
0: This is a heterosexual top 40 song, and then all of a sudden, who look said, at my
1: dick. Who said that? What happened? apologize. That just popped out. <laughs> no pun intended, you fucks. <laughs> you filthy animals. He's back from Italy, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm back from the south of France. Wow,
0: man. We both went to Europe. Very cultured? cultured,
1: very cultured. Did you drink wine over there? Of course, I did. Uh, did you, were you? Did you contact the sommelier and uh, and then just let him know how much you know? No, I didn't need to because I was with a very rich friend. So we just, mm. I just threw a dart at his cellar and I took out <laughs> insanely good wines. <laughs> and I, one of those guys. Oh, forget it. I was like, and I was, I was, I was saying shit like this. I was like, oh, I smell nutmeg and pencil, because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've heard people say. Did they get mad at you? Yeah, of course they get mad at me. <laughs> And then I took a, then I, and I, I sipped some white wine, and I went, whoa, I feel like I just got hit in the head with by a farmer. <laughs> I love saying dumb shit like that. Dude, try Have you this. ever been to a wine tasting? Of like, course.
0: Like it, one of those, those like parties where they all get around yeah. and they all talk about it?
1: Uh-huh. You know what I, I heard a sommelier say? He wow. goes, you, uh, trust me on this wine. I said, why? Because I was going to order our white wine. He goes, it, y- it's unique. I said, well, describe it. He goes, it's like biting into a wet dog. I was like, "Hey, that's exactly what I feel like doing." Every time I see a wet dog, he was telling you that it's good. Yeah, yeah. It's like getting getting biting into a wet dog. People just say dumb shit. I mean,
0: I like good wine. It tastes good. I like that. Yeah, but there's a there's a part of me that rejects. The the fucking the nonsense so hard that as well I won't it should learn
1: anything. As well it should. <laughs> you should always reject that horseshit. But it's 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 so fucking pretentious. Of course it's pretentious. But think the most pretentious. I mean right? you hear these you hear the way they describe it, 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 it really holds your palate prisoner. Mm. It holds your palate prisoner, but here's the good news. In a velvet casing. In a velvet.
0: Speaking of velvet casings, I was at a restaurant once, a very fine restaurant, a very fine Italian restaurant, Yeah. and a gentleman walked in with a briefcase with two bottles of wine in Uh velvet in the briefcase. I had to resist the chimpanzee urge to
1: leap (laughs) over the table and (laughs) smash him in his fucking head with that case. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. Here's Uh, the thing. Here's the reason I support him, because I'm such a freak for wine. You cannot send a $1,000 bottle of wine. Uh, You can't ship it because a lot of times they put it in the hull of a ship. And it comes through, say, the Suez Canal. It gets it hot. Might be, yeah, it might be 150 Ooh, degrees in that yeah, hole.
0: Not good. And
1: it's below it or above the water line, you're in trouble. Oh, so they fly that wine.
0: You can be fucked. Yeah, you but, fly it. But this a guy, suitcase. he just was bringing it to a restaurant. It's kind of a dick. Kind of, it's kind of a weird move when you bring your own food to a restaurant. I agree. I mean, you I guess it's a drink, but it's not like you bring your own tomatoes. C- excuse me, could you tell the chef to chop these tomatoes? Yeah. Uh, parallel with the if, floor. I've
1: never brought my own wine. One. It's a little it's it's obnoxious. Cut to the end. establishment.
0: Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It is weird. And then they have a Corkage fee. <clears throat> they charge yeah. you to open your wand. Yeah. Mm.
1: Thirty five dollars. Mm.
0: That's so very good. reasonable.
1: Well, especially, especially if you bring in a $1,000 bottle of wine.
0: Yeah. You know, but I don't understand why one wine... I do understand, but I don't understand why someone is willing to pay. But I do
1: understand it. I do, because yeah. you want to be a part of that fuckhead club. Well, <laughs> if you're, and if you're a freak like me and you like wine on that level, when you really pay attention, it, it, it. for me, I actually... it's. I don't even know how to describe it. It's literally an experience, right? I tell you, so my buddy I went to see who's made more money than God... And this is why he's uh, worth I don't God know if I told has you this all the money. You know what I mean? No. He has as much money as Bruce Springsteen almost. Really? And uh probably. And uh, he uh super rich and he I told you that he said we're going to open this this wine that Robert Parker gave hundred out of a hundred and called it one of the wines of the century who's Robert Parker Robert Parker is the critic who sets the standard There are a lot of I other hate critics that you know that yeah, I know I'm terrible it really bothers me yeah, I know but you when you see an RP Robert Parker and it says a 93 94 oh 95 you're paying a lot of money I want to hang
0: out with Robert Parker.
1: Well, he's a guy and I think he's from Maryland and he's an American dude, and he's got his taste. It doesn't mean he's right. It just means he knows wine, and he set the standard. Now there are more people, but for the most part, when Robert Parker gives your wine a 95 or above... There he is. Look at him. Oh, my God. Look I at want that. to hit
0: him with a brick. <laughs> hey, Look at him.
1: Hey, yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Do you think he says snarky things when you go to dinner with him?
1: Well, he, he'll he say, for example, the wine I was drinking, he called it a Centurion wine, one of the wines mm. of the... Century.
0: Oh God! So
1: don't try to please. Don't try to buy it because you know you can't find it.
0: Is he the Tony Hawk of wine connoisseurs? Yes, he is. Because nobody knows anyone that skates other than Tony Hawk.
1: That's that's actually that's exactly who he is. That's Uh, exactly who he is. Like the Lance
0: Armstrong of wine. Yes,
1: and there are people who are trying to make their way and and real critics. But for the most part, he's still the man.
0: How much does that piss people off who who ride bikes? Who like are really good, yeah, and no one gives a fuck about them because they're not Lantons <laughs> truck. There's one guy. Who won. That, there was Greg LeMond for a while. Yeah. Remember, he was also an American. We remember yeah. him, but yeah. No, nobody,
1: yeah, no, nobody I, else. I think part of it's also because he was an American and so dominant. Yeah, and, and it's not you know Americans don't watch bike racing. I could never stand on the sideline and be like, uh, hundred more miles. Keep pedaling. Hundred miles. Keep pedaling. You know, it, here's a water. Want an orange? I, I'm not that guy. Life right. is too short to watch a fucking bike race. It's definitely too short to be watching on the sidelines, like waiting. It's that, That's how I feel about marathons. But Europeans are so different than we are in that sense. Europeans obsess over Formula One. They obsess over... That's
0: different, though. Yeah. Formula One is fucking wild. Yeah, it's wild. You ever seen those videos they do from inside the cockpit of a Formula One yeah. car? Yeah. Whoa! It's, it's crazy.
1: But there's some lightning-fast decision-making going on there. But when Senna died... If you look at Mm. the streets of Brazil for his funeral... It was something that you would never see in the United States. If, right. if a great race car driver, like say a great NASCAR driver, you wouldn't see, I think it was some crazy number of people that showed up in the streets of Brazil.
0: Well, the Brazilians are insanely nationalistic. Yeah. They, they love their country. They're very, very patriotic. So when someone comes along like Senna, who dominates something that's traditionally a European yeah. dominated
1: sport yeah. like Formula One, and he was a wild man. Yeah. You ever see that documentary on him? I didn't. They're, look at that funeral. Wow! Look at that. And he was, uh, you know, he was the guy who who could have been a playboy, but he never really messed with girls. He was he was a, he was a, a samurai.
0: He was dedicated. Yeah.
1: He was well, like his zen.
0: his ability to shave milliseconds, you know, and just to, to take crazy chances and cut people off, and oh,
1: yeah, Jesus Christ, that precision. But that's a that is something that I don't know anything about it. But I'm sure when you follow it, and that sort of those those millimeters, those differences mm. are what make. Everything, you know, yeah. when you have a cultivated sense, when you know what you're looking at and what looking for, it's, uh, it must be very enjoyable.
0: Well, they have a, a deep connection with how much traction there is exactly on those tires. Feel. Like they feel it kicking out. Like they, they, they literally say with race car drivers that you have to have an educated ass.
1: Damn, really? Yeah,
0: your ass has to be able to feel when your car is breaking loose. Like, if you were a race car driver and you had a numb ass, you'd probably be fucked. Wow. Like, if you had, like, sciatica or something, your ass went numb, which I would imagine... It'd be a real problem with someone who sits down all the time. Yeah, like like truck drivers, right? They get sciatica all the time. But
1: but race car drivers, it's so physical. Mm. You know, it's such a physical. They lose so much water. They lose like something like seven pounds of water or something in in a race. Oh, I'd imagine something crazy. They sweat like a pig. Yeah, it's hot as fuck. They don't have air conditioning in that thing. Yeah, they're just giant
0: engine.
1: They're flying down the road. Crazy. Oh, it's mad. That's so interesting though. You have to have an educated ass. Yeah. Because I think horseback riding. If you watch. High, high-level jumpers. They, you know, are dressage guys. Mm. They they It's the same exact thing. It's all feel. And it right. literally looks like they're doing nothing. So the difference between the best in the world and the number 300, you and I could never tell the difference because they don't look like they're doing anything. Right. Literally, they're just, they look like, for me, they look like they're sitting upright, very still. is why I could never ride a horse. And just there's nothing going on. But the details, those little, like where they place, the micro, how they micromanage that saddle. Yeah. And, and the signals they're sending to the horse with their hands, their legs and their ass is a whole different thing.
0: That's so often the case, though, with things where things look effortless because the people that are awesome at them yeah. do it so smoothly yeah. that it just, you know, you can't appreciate it unless you, you actually do it.
1: That's what I love about life. That's literally what I love about, you know, and it sounds silly, but you can touch a little of that. In anything you do Mm. when you, um, you know, when you practice something, you're not good at. So tennis, I always talk about tennis and boxing. Am I good at boxing and tennis? No. Do I obsess over where my feet are? Do I obsess over my grip with the right? It's, it's, I swear to God, the actual, maybe the actual uh, activity is secondary to how I love to work on the little Mm. details and get better through daily attendance, through daily practice, because something happens to me that reaches beyond that sport. So when I do something that I'm maybe a little afraid of or maybe I'm not good at, it forces me to think in a way that informs the other things in my life that I make a living at. I do better at stand-up, I write better, when I push myself in these other areas, it's really interesting. Yeah, it
0: totally makes sense because I, I think very difficult endeavors. You know, whatever, whatever it is that you're trying to do, any
1: fucking dance.
0: Yeah, if you were trying to be a ballerina, which I, get, I am.
1: Are you? Yeah, keep going.
0: I thought you were uh, done with that.
1: It, it, ballet is my foundation, but I, I'm so passionate. I live, I li- there's too much equator in me. I live in my groin, so I, I had to move to Southside, and merengue.
0: Well, people that get, really get into jiu-jitsu say that as well. Bourdain's been saying that a lot, that you know, getting into it is, uh, to him, it's a lot like writing in some ways, mm-hmm. or it's, it's almost like a meditation, mm-hmm. and it completely obsessed a lot a lot of people that get into jiu-jitsu become completely obsessed with it too and it's for those same reasons like you get obsessed first of all with how deep the rabbit hole goes yes. and i think that's probably the same with tennis or with golf it's most certainly the same i've never played golf but i know the people that it's play it's exactly
1: it. the same thing i talked to will Durkee. will Durkee. you know Who's uh, that? he won uh, he took second in the uh, 10th planet uh, jiu-jitsu tournament over in uh, in austin he's amazing he's a professional poker player as well and he was a oh. d1 wrestler i think out of virginia and you know, watching him, um, he lost to uh, uh, another guy who's really good, but but just barely. And when you watch those high level high level competition black belts, which mm. I'd never seen, the subtlety—I don't even see what they're doing. I don't even see them tapping the guy. Right. But he was talking to me about how much he loves games and why poker and jujitsu inform each other.
0: Well, you know, Josh Waitzkin, same that, thing. Yeah, same thing with chess. and jujitsu. He's a jujitsu yeah. phenomenal Phenom. Phenomenal. Well, he's trying to. I think
1: he has a school where he teaches hmm. kids how to think. He calls it. He teaches them how to learn through martial arts, math. No, martial arts, music, and chess. I believe, Mm. and it's all kind of the same. It's kind of the same thing. It's kind of why I feel like a lot of times I do think there's a place for self-help and you know inspiration when you're young, but after a while, you know, just trying to get really good at something under proper tutelage, I think will teach you. All of those things.
0: Maybe. But there's a lot of people that just try to get good at it. They never get good at it. That probably would do better if they had better pathways to think.
1: Yes. If they learned how to... Well, I think first <clears throat> it, what someone like Tony Robbins does, because I've listened to a lot of his tapes when I was younger. And what I, what I, I was all set to make fun of him because I was trying to write this uh, parody on him. And then I listened to him and I went, oh, this motherfucker knows exactly how my brain works. I mean, in a lot of ways, he simplifies... And he has tools that help help me um, <clears throat> focus my energy and recognize recognize certain patterns, yeah, recognize well, certain unhelpful patterns. It's
0: very important mm-hmm. is having. Pathways in your mind, mm. like abandoning negative thoughts, concentrating on positive ones, abandoning nonsense, concentrating on. I mean, that's a lot of what traps are that people fall into, like addictive traps, whether it's gambling or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, pornography. Like, I was watching this whole thing the other day where people were coming out against pornography and pornography addiction. Like, and they were talking about how harmful pornography is no no your fucking mind is harmful exactly pornography is people having sex and sex is awesome so shut up there's a
1: great there's a I'm dean, tired of that I, i'm well you can simplify it this way there's a dean who said i am not interested it's it's less important what you think what i want to know is how you think yeah. and and you're talking about methodology it's it's how it's exactly what you're saying it's how you think about life and how you think about things so you may be a slave to certain pathways and learning how to reprogram your your pathways is a way way more important thing so it's not so much that it's pornography that's the enemy yes it's it's the methodology. Yeah, pornography
0: is just sex. And by the way, we're just talking about regular pornography. There, there's certain pornography that you go, okay, what the fuck is that for? <laughs> like, wh- why does yeah. anybody need to see people spit in people's eyes and come in people's noses and yeah. stuff? Like, there's a lot of really fucked up pornography. But I always equate that to, like, the same thing was, like... If you watch certain violent movies, it's yeah. almost like they are the product of the ramping up effect. Like that's every right. other violent movie that's come before them, they've had to go <clears throat> further and further and further to the point where it's just totally ridiculous. That's exactly right. I mean, it's not entertaining. It's not good. It's just there. It's a response. To, like, taking it to the next level.
1: The guy who wrote the double helix, quote-unquote, for, for a serial killer, for the making of a serial killer, a guy named Richard Walter, who's an FBI profiler, brilliant guy. He said that um, serial killers will typically, and this is from literally interviewing 20,000, 30,000 prisoners, uh, many of whom were murderers, violent criminals. And he put together this profile, which was that serial killers many times start as with fetishes they'll start with you know feet really feet. feet. well a lot of times it can be as, as innocuous mm. as rubbing against people in public places oh. uh and then what and then you you graduate then that doesn't do it for you anymore and then you have to go into a store Ooh. and cut leather jackets with a razor because you might get caught but it's like skin Ooh. all that stuff and and what he said was that you never once you get to one level you never can go back. You have to go forward. You don't see them go, all right, this is too much. Let me go back to rubbing against people on something. you say never?
0: I mean, don't, don't some people, like, is there people that are potential serial
1: killers that go, what the fuck am I doing in my life? I need to just... I don't know. Take yoga. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I do know that there have been some studies about how uh, less, there are, I guess, a lot of serial killers or maniacs are doing less of that stuff because they can, they can get more of it a simulated environment.
0: Well, that was the argument that the Japanese had or some Japanese scholars had about pornography is that Japanese porn is, is – I might be wrong about this – that it's more embraced and that when you look at like deviant behavior, it's more embraced in films and things like that and that sort of keeps them from doing it in real life.
1: Yeah, I I would imagine that you can get satiated visually. You have those those visual triggers. They say that the triggers for fighting, you know, when you watch MMA, there are a lot of those visual triggers for men that are similar to what pornography does to a man. When we see two dudes kicking each other and knocking each other out. We want to do it. Yeah, or at least we can't take our eyes off it.
0: Yeah, we definitely can't take our eyes off of it. But I think that also it's possible that that could. Like they say that about video games. Like the argument against video games has always been that video games encourage violence. But it shows that the actual facts show that the opposite is true. That video games actually get people involved in the violence of video games and it satisfies whatever weird cravings people might have for Mm -hmm. violence, which are, you know, left over from thousands and thousands of years of DNA of people being. Successful in violence, being rewarded for it.
1: You violence was a way you survived. You know, think the, about hunting. Well, the Colosseum, man, I went to
0: the Colosseum this week. Yeah, I bet. and oh my god, yeah. that is a fucking trip. First of all, I did not know that the Colosseum literally means next to the Colossus. I didn't know that. It was all about there was a gigantic, I think it was 150 foot high bronze statue of Nero that he had constructed. Wow. Well, you know, the entire Colosseum was Nero's house. At one point in time. It it didn't exist. Mm. It was like, there's like seven areas of Rome, like seven hills of Rome or something like that. And his fucking house was three of them. Damn. His house had an enormous, I think it was like more than a hundred acre lake. In the backyard of his house a man-made lake Wow! and that man-made lake like to drain it the drainage system to build that lake They're they, they're just discovering some of the areas of the Coliseum today God so damn. what they did is when they tore down his house they built the Coliseum for the people and it was like one of the biggest public buildings ever and they built it to satisfy the people that were just fucking furious at this cunt had yeah. taken over, Who
1: burned Rome.
0: Oh, he was just insane. I mean, yeah. Nero was just fucking completely insane. But what they had done with his his structure was turn it into this Colosseum. But it was right next to this enormous statue of him. Mm. So when you say like the L A Colosseum, that's a stupid name, right? Because the L A next to the Col next the, to the Colossus yeah, that doesn't Colossus. even make any sense. Yeah, but that's what Colosseum means.
1: Right. It's wild when you go to Italy and especially Rome, and you're standing in structures that have been there for and and were living yeah. and had you know people died on that it's kind of like the oh, octagon yeah. the original octagon you know
0: well way more uh, fucked up than yeah. that yeah here's one of the things they found out just recently like really recently that they had boat fights they would fill the bottom of the Colosseum with water wow and they would have boats jesus and they would and they've literally just discovered this <clears throat> they discovered some sort of a um some sort of artwork or something, some writing that mm-hmm. indicated that these boat fights took place for a very short amount of time, like a couple f- of years. How do
1: you do that? Fight each other with your oars? They f- row, would have battles.
0: Row. They would have battles. Here it is. They would, this, they would fill up, powerful Jamie. They would fill up the bottom with uh, two meters of water, six feet of water. And have these boats and float these boats around and they would fight to the death on boats How the fuck would they do that? I guess the
1: walls kept the water. Why in. It I, I guess how would they drain
0: it though? Well, they had a, a very complex drainage system like they showed the draining system to us when they, they take you on a tour, you know hmm. And uh, they were showing us the drainage system and also the system of raising the wild animals From the basement up it through the floor. Yeah, how would they do that? Well, they had this thing where these uh, they had a reenactment or, or, or a recreation of one that uh, I took some photos of. I put one of the photos on my Instagram. And these wild animals would be locked in these rooms, right? These small rooms. They would give them no food, no water, and they'd keep them there for days. So they'd be freaking out, and starving, and then finally they'd take them out of the dark. They put them, uh, they force them into this platform, and then they would have these slaves crank. This mechanism that would lift the platform up through a trap door in the floor. So their first light in days and they would be out there with these gladiators and and the bottom floor like they had several levels and the bottom level was all the rich people, but they fucked up. And they didn't have the walls high enough, so the lions would leap 12 feet over the wall and just jack all these rich people.
1: Jesus (laughs) Jesus (laughs) Christ. (laughs) Now the wall, take it, the wall, you did it! Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, it's I mean, like that
1: San Francisco Zoo and that tiger jumped that 12 foot wall. Or exactly. Whatever. Yeah. Jesus.
0: Well, they had to figure out how to do it, too, because they would get these animals in there, and most of the time they'd let the animals out, and the animals would be just fucking scared. They didn't want to fight. Yeah. So they, they realized that by keeping them down there with no food and no water and getting them to a complete state, state of, of hysteria, desperation yeah. and hysteria, that would allow them. To ensure that when they pop that trap door the lions would come out and just try to jack people brutal Yeah, they would kill everything. They had elephants. They had all all sorts of crazy fucking animals that They had brought in from Africa, which by
1: the way is not even a thousand um, yeah, miles yeah. away. Yeah
0: I had no idea. Africa no, was so close you can can to see Italy. It for, yeah. you can
1: see it you can you know really? think, Well, you can what see Sarah Palin you can see Africa from Sicily. I believe you can see Africa from uh, There uh, okay, you can I'm see it. Jack, or, yeah, like with, on clear days Wow that's crazy. To correct? That doesn't me doesn't if I'm make any wrong sense. Anybody. It seems
0: like too many miles.
1: No, there are certain parts of. Oh, I can't, let me look at a map. I can't remember. That seems like way there too far. There was one area you can see from Spain, from the tip of Spain, maybe. Hmm. I think I can't. Remember. E- either somebody way, somebody will correct me. But it's kind it's of Sicily, crazy. Can, yeah. What? Sicily in Spain says you can. Yeah. You, you, see, you see it from like mountains Spain. or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's Got crazy. So how crazy is that? That that's that close?
0: It yeah. is. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, look Sicily. Look
1: at how close it is.
0: Wow, it's really close.
1: Yeah. Sicily's not attached, but I don't know why they have it. Why do they have it yeah, attached? That's, that's really weird. That's
0: a shitty map.
1: Yeah. Here's
0: the view. Oh, what?
1: Yeah. That's Africa? Yeah, you can see it. It's Africa. that close?
0: No wonder why the Moors conquered Sicily. Exactly. They're right there. Exactly. It's not like they traveled. No. They got in a
1: fucking raft. <laughs> <laughs> floated over. They backstroked all the way over.
0: And jacked everybody. Uh-huh. But uh, it's fucking beautiful. It's so beautiful, man. Oh, Yeah. God damn, yeah, Malfi so many, Coast. that's where we went. <laughs> we went there, too. We did uh, the Malfi Coast, we did the, the Vatican. The Vatican's insane. Did you do the Vatican? I did. It's insane. Uh, First well, it's of all- It's one of the
1: seven wonders, man.
0: Well, uh, the fact that you're walking around on this fucking tile that's 1,700 years old. It's incredible. It's, and and it's it all holds a Mosaic. Yeah. And, I mean, beautiful artwork that everybody's walking on. Yeah. Like, the guy was explaining to us that, like, this is a 17-year, 100-year-old work of art. Not only that, it was moved from somewhere else and reconstructed hundreds of years ago inside the Vatican. It wasn't even originally there.
1: Damn. I, I never, ever... I've been to St. Peter's Cathedral... I don't know, maybe 10 times. Cause my uncle used to live there, and he had a rent-controlled apartment over the Piazza Navona, which is Your really close. Your uncle used
0: to live in Rome? Yes. My what uncle, was he doing there? My
1: uncle was uh, in, in Brooklyn, New York, in Bensonhurst, New York. My uncle was a gay man. Uh, Whoa. And he was very handsome. He was a diver. And, uh, <laughs> yep, and he was, uh, but of course, um, he was an actor and a singer and a dancer. And of course, in Bensonhurst, You know, in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, in the, I don't know, let's call it the, what, 50s, 30s, 40s, when you were gay, you you know, it wasn't, first of all, you were very Catholic, so that was already a sin. Mm. Second of all, you weren't really that welcome. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, gay pride. Everybody want to march? So he went to Italy. He went to Rome. Wow. And, uh, and lived there. Because he knew
0: he could be accepted? Yeah.
1: Well, he found his little niche. He got into the theater company there mm, and good uh, move. spoke Italian, of course. and uh, had Of a, course. And lived for, and he died at 96 and lived above the Piazza Novona in a rent controlled penthouse. Did he died from that dicks. That the Vatican owned. <laughs> he did didn't die. No. Sir, I'm going to ask you to be a little more mature. We have a lot of people listening. He did not die from dicks, uh, but he was, a, he was a character, man. And he did lots of plays. Did you know that
0: the Vatican owns the building that houses Europe's largest gay bathhouse? I did not know that.
1: But I also don't believe you. Because is that a a matter of... uh is that a matter of a conjecture? or No, it's fact. It's probably a bathhouse. now. If there no, are... it's the
0: largest gay bathhouse in Europe, and the Vatican owns it. Not only that... Oh, I see, I see. The, the, there's the cardinals or the bishops or whose fucking office is right above the gay bathhouse. Conveniently. <laughs> conveniently. There's a fucking chute that just drops down. They own they, a lot of property. They just lube up their butt and drop down <laughs> through the floor. and Whoop! <laughs> Look at this. Vatican plays landlord to Europe's biggest gay bathhouse. Catholic Church paid $30 million to acquire a building that houses... A a senior cardinal and a huge gay sauna. Nothing. Wrong How with that. weird! It's so weird that uh, uh, I mean, I don't know why they would want to own that.
1: I don't know because you want to sweat while you get your dick worked, <laughs> while you get your dick worked by strong man hands. <sighs> That's all.
0: The amount of artwork that is in the Vatican, like if you haven't been there before, like I was not that excited about going to the Vatican before I went there. Yeah. I was like, well, I want to see the Colosseum obviously it 's like one of the great wonders of history, like that they had this thing there, and that they did this, and mm-hmm. that it 's also like the ultimate sign of excess you know yeah like the the one thing that people point to when they talk about society is falling apart due to excess is the romans the Romans they went crazy like it was also
1: sort of what gave food to the Reformation when Martin Luther, this German mm-hmm. Jesuit priest, said, "Hey, man, all this money that's going to you know idolatry essentially like." Building these incredible statues and these incredible cathedrals and we're starving over here. How about if we just read the Bible if we just read the Bible, then maybe we'll be, you know, just as in favor with God as you guys and maybe we don't need a hierarchy of bishops and all these and popes and all this sort of rank and file that also needs a salary that's also taking money.
0: Well, Martin Luther was also the first guy to translate the Bible phonetically so that regular people could read it. Because everybody else was like Mm -hmm. no one knew Latin. They couldn't read Latin. That's right So it was only these priests that we had to rely on to to get the Word of God from Mm -hmm. Martin Luther was like that's ridiculous But as luckily Martin Luther had such a high standing in society. that They couldn't kill him, right? They tried he
1: had to leave. He was always on the run, but you're right
0: But it was if he was anyone else if he wasn't like a very respected high standing person in society they Probably would have jacked him a long time ago. Yeah
1: that there, there was already, um, from I, I can't remember, I read a lot about it back in the day, but um, he was always under threat of that. He had to, essentially, I think it was in Bittenberg.
0: There's this is a phrase that people always associate with Rome called the vomitorium. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's not what it sounds like. Like, Everybody thinks that they got there and they threw up and then they went back and ate again. Mm -hmm. That's not what they did.
1: I always thought they did that.
0: Yeah. No, the vomitorium refers to the way they got people out of the stadium. It had nothing to do with the word vomit. It's the way the stadium is structured is this gigantic that's a vomitorium, is the, the the exit. So they had all these exits. They had a bunch of different doors all throughout the building. Like mm-hmm. if you, you look at like some images of the Coliseum, there's all these pathways. Like you would go, you know, thirty yards over, there's another pathway. Thirty yards over there's another pathway. And that allowed an efficient way of getting people see like look at all the doorways. See all those doorways? Wow. All around it? That that was an efficient method of getting people out of the stadium. So they called it a vomitorium, but it, uh, uh, like if you look the etymology of the word, like look up the the origins of the word vomitorium and what it means in Latin, but it doesn't have anything to do with vomit, mm. but sounds like it. So mm-hmm. everybody was like, oh, they, they just fucking ate and threw up. So people right. like sort of repeated that over and over and over again.
1: Let's stick a feather down their throat. I'm sure someone did
0: that. Yeah. I'm sure
1: there was some fat that fuck that today. wanted to keep partying. right now oh, in yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah.
0: I just dated a girl who had a problem with that. So did I. Yeah. Okay, a lot of vomitorium. Them. Okay, here it was. A place which, according to popular misconception, the ancient Romans were supposed to have vomited. That's not true. Um, The arch of a series of entrances or exit passways in an ancient Roman amphitheater or theater. Yeah. See, that's what it really means. So the popular misconception, the second version of it, but translate, use over time. What, What is the origins of the word, though? Like, what does that mean? Vomitoria is the plural noun. Huh. That's weird. That's the plural Probably, probably,
1: you know, it sounds like it's where people would vomit out of, right? Yeah, but it's not
0: vomit. That's Mm -hmm. not, it's like, that's our word, but that's not like what they would call it. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, our word vomit is puke, Mm -hmm. but that's not what they were referring to when they were calling it a vomitorium. It's just one of those weird Latin things. Mm. But everybody always thinks that. Everybody thinks that that's what a vomitorium was. Like, can you imagine if there was a fucking house that people would go to throw up in? Like, hey, let's go to the vomitorium. Fucking puke! Like, what kind of assholes? Eat here's a feather. But you would call it the puke house? Yeah. Like that is so ridiculous. The puke room. (laughs) The vomitorium. The puke room.
1: The sauna room. What is the
0: actual? Does it say? Jamie? It says here there's two misinterpret or where it might have came from, the misinterpretation. Well, Yeah, but what does the original, what does the actual word mean? Like vomitorium. It just
1: uh, it does, sounds like does it's it, the entrance. is just means that. To spew, so just right here, to spew, spew forth.
0: forth. Oh, to spew forth. To spew forth! And I wonder if vomit from. actually came from that then. Oh, for sure. Probably. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the original thing was an exit. And then vomit became that. Yeah. Huh, that's interesting.
1: It's kind of how language happens, right?
0: Yeah, but that's it's. Well, it's weird how it happens over thousands of years. How things distort and warp.
1: Yeah, that's how my language is always changing. Yeah, it's always changing. We're we're always making up our own languages. It's constant. Well,
0: you know? we were there. They had just found some new shit two days before we were there. They're constantly finding yeah. like new path passages mm-hmm. underneath the Colosseum and new things, but the The amount of work that was done in completing that building and and, and making those structures it's insane with free labor, insane. which is why slavery
1: isn't that bad oh. <gasps> what How wait a dare minute you. it's interesting that slavery was the order of the day it was yeah for, for most of history most okay of but, history. but when you look
0: at like wage slavery today when you i mean there's no slavery today, but if you can imprison people in a state of poverty mm-hmm. right and it's not not. Against their will, right? Mm. Voluntarily, right? You get people hooked on buying things, and you get them hooked on credit, so they they need to work. They constantly need to work, and then they're in these jobs that are completely dead end, low wage jobs where they can't go anywhere. And then they perform these menial tasks until we figure out robots that can do those tasks far better and far more efficient. In a, it's not slavery because they can quit and leave anytime they want, but yeah. it in a lot of ways. It has
1: the same effect. There's a difference, I think. There's a lot of differences. Yeah, I mean, yeah. no, no, I mean, I mean uh, I'm talking about, you know, there's a macro difference. Like there's, uh, there is some, um, an idea that has gained great traction and because ideas move really slowly sometimes. But there's an idea that has gained traction in most of the world and even in parts of the world where it isn't they try to defend it as it being so and that is the idea of universal human rights universal human rights was not an idea that was embraced by most of the world even as far back probably you can make the argument as 1940 slavery was alive and well think about this country in in itself this country until 1964 was it uh, where there was separate but equal the idea that you had black and white water fountains um, Brown 100 versus, years uh, before that which is nothing slavery. That's right And so the idea that and of course that had to be defended along biblical grounds and all these kind of shoddy ideas but the idea of of Universal human rights, even though the Judeo-Christian ethic and even Islam talked about sort of everybody being of the same moral worth because we're all from the same father, right? That's the monotheistic notion and where value comes in those religions. We're all the same as long as you, you know, read the Bible and follow these tenets. but. Universal human rights is something a little bit different and it's a modern concept and um, That like, say, germ theory the idea that these things you can't see um, But you still have to wash your hands or you can spread bacteria and things like that those things that move very slowly But that is I think, how are you how are you connecting those? Two? I'm just talking about how how both those ideas are ideas that took a long time to gain traction, you know Even though they were good for us and but, but let's stick to let's stick to um, universal human rights yeah, I let's. think that that idea I think that idea is is just that mindset yeah. and the fact that you have to defend it as a society is Why there's such a stark difference between I understand what you're saying by being in bondage to your lifestyle To having to ma- make a living because you got people mm-hmm. to depend on you and stuff like that I don't think that'll ever go away, but um, There's such a there is You don't a, think that'll go away. I think that
0: could definitely go away the same I th- way slavery has I'm gone op- away. I'm
1: optimistic, but what I'm saying is that there's. I think when I'm like slaves have zero dignity. Like right. they, in fact, there's no somebody one time a historian said there's no such thing as a slave. Slave there there are people in bondage. So anybody who is. Uh, a slave. You're not a slave, but you are a person in slavery, right? Mm-hmm. So, so like he he posed this question. He said, "When did the civil rights movement begin in this country?" And I was like, "Well, in Selma, Alabama, in the you know '60s and the '50s." No, he said, "No, no, no, no." He said, "The civil rights movement began the first day that an African American was brought to this country against his will. Any human being doesn't want to be in bondage. You are always trying to get out of bondage, and there is that striving for dignity." That I think we're getting closer to. Well, I think, how
0: is it, well, Wait a minute. That's slavery. How is that the civil rights movement? This the first day that someone's brought to the United in other States words, against in other their words, will. In That's other words, not the first day that someone enacted some sort of a civil right. Well, movement. he was
1: being he was being what he was saying was that, you know, everybody is always fighting for dignity and their own sovereignty and their own civil rights, right. regardless of you know where they are if you put someone in bondage and you make them do things against their will and you you take their dignity away right they are immediately they are immediately beginning the struggle for their own freedom
0: right and that's where the conspiracy theories fall into play where modern capitalism is thought of as being some sort of a new way around that that instead of having people, slaves, like literally bonding them, putting them in chains, keeping them against their will. Instead, you just set up these honey traps and you allow people to get sucked into these things like having massive debt from student loans and making credit cards easy and allowing people to mortgage a house they can't really afford, knowing full well that eventually the bank's going to foreclose on this and reap some sort of a profit. And that all these things – this is where conspiracy theories fall into play – that all these things are set up to enact a modern form of slavery. And that there's always going to be people that are taking advantage of people below them and putting them in very disadvantageous situations for their own gain.
1: I would say that that's literally the state of nature. And, and what I mean right. by that is that let, – let, let's just take, for example, um, the marketplace. Uh, if you just let people let people go, let people do the, their thing. They are going to, for example, uh, there's going to be a marketplace for um, differences of opinion. This is what I mean. There's a company. It's about to start up. Uh, you start a company. I don't know what it is. Let's just say it's... Uh, you know, uh a gadget. And you're going to have groups of people on this side that are going to say that's going to be the next big thing. Joe Rogan's company is going to be the next Apple. And you're going to have a bunch of other people on the other side who are going to go, you know what, uh, not a shot, and here's why. So you have these differences of opinion. Right. There's a marketplace. There's a marketplace for what essentially is a derivative, uh, you know, or a swap. There's a marketplace there to, where people say, I will bet you. I will short that. I will basically say I'll buy it at this price right now and I'll sell it to you. And if it goes up in value, you pay me the difference. That's how that's how marketplaces work. So for me, capitalism is just a bunch of people with different opinions who are trying to make money, who are coming up with ideas. And if you create a society where you can enforce contracts and make people keep their promises and you can you can ensure that people have. What's called property rights, which is really important, you know, courts essentially that have integrity that can't be bought off. Then that's, as far as I can see, what you'd call a free market capitalist society, and it seems to be better than most of the other sort of uh, systems that require central oversight. And because I, not because central oversight is such a bad thing, I just think it's impossible to control. You know the way people think on such a macro scale I think it's very imp- well, I don't imp- think you
0: have to control the way people think
1: well or behave you or behave,
0: or behave barter, well you know? yeah I get it and I, I see what you're saying about capitalism and I see what you're saying about society but I, I think that all these things when we point to ancient Rome we point to how fucked up their world was and slavery is recently as a couple hundred years ago I think what we're saying is things are getting better We're we're evolving. We're figuring out a way to make a society that is more beneficial to more people But still not to everyone and then the point is is it possible to create a utopian society where it's beneficial to virtually everyone? And then the way to do that the only way to do that is like like here's a here's a good example like people love to tout socialism as some sort of uh, cure to what ails us, mm-hmm. you know, that somehow or another that if you get people and you, you give everybody money and you everybody shares wealth equally. But the problem with that cuts out incentive, incentive for madness and excellence. Exactly. And the incentive for madness and excellence is why you have Tesla motor cars and Elon Musk uh-huh. and all these fucking Steve jobs, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was a fucking maniac. Yes. He was a. Fu- I mean probably a like, bad dad, probably probably. Probably, yeah. probably a shitty guy to work for. Yeah. You know, probably a total asshole. If you did something wrong, if you put a one instead of a zero in a line of code and the fucking phone crashed when it hit a thousand emails or whatever, you probably beat the fuck out of you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean he's a maniac. Yeah.
1: But it was because of him that we have iPhones. Well, it's because of that kind of madness, hundred percent. How and many how many uh, iPhones have you bought that were made in Russia? How many cars have you bought that were made in Russia? Exactly,
0: but in Russia is a, a fucked up example because it's not really socialism; it's really communist dictatorship. Well, now it is, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it kind of was, yeah. and then it was, and yeah. then it was again. Yeah.
1: it never really recovered. Well, the, the Russians, I think, their problem is they have one idea of power, which is biggest guns, divert your eyes in my presence. And how how fucked up is that? Russia's getting kicked out of the Olympics. Yeah. You pay attention to this. Yeah, of like, course. They're Fuck, they're gonna kick kick the whole team. out. Huh? Mm-hmm. The whole Russian team. Oh, well, cheating is so it's so, so systemic. Rampant. It's so systemic. It's it's state sponsored. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, it's, it's, they've got the KGB, apparently, or what well, used to be the KGB involved. Well, and
0: then um, they have this one woman who's a whistleblower who's going to compete independently mm-hmm, without a nation. How mm-hmm. long before they kill her? I know. Good luck with that bitch uh, but, but, but a but fucking that,
1: bottle of water. That's, that's Russia's problem. Russia's idea. There are two types of power, right? There's the power that, where you can't stop staring at somebody because they have prestige and you want to be like them. Right. That's a power that you can use for good. If you have all those eyeballs on you, you can, you can say, hey, guys, I know you're all looking at me and you do this all the time how many people love you know this how many people download this podcast you're very aware of the responsibility that comes with so you do two things you try to keep it really honest and true to yourself but you also try to have really smart people on who have different perspectives so you can kind of figure out a way to get those ideas out into people's heads that's one form of power that i would consider a positive use then there's the russian model of power well it's not power it's influence Uh, you, I would, I, I think they're very closely related. I think they're joined at the hip. Well, they don't, he doesn't
0: control anyone. That's the difference between like the power that Putin has and the power that the nerdist has. Well, so,
1: so, so, so exactly. You just use the word. So there's a difference. So there's power that controls and there's power that inspires. And I think power that inspires is what this country needs to keep in mind at all times. That's the power. Look, you always need power. You need guns and stuff. They're crazy people. You need a strong military. Well, I think
0: the difference right. is like is you're using a blanket statement, mm-hmm. like power. It's like the word drugs, like caffeine's drugs, so is meth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. There's power, and then there's influence. But there's things that are powerful, and then there's things that have power over people, mm-hmm. and exactly. like to control people. Like, and then people can't do anything about it. That's, exactly,
1: that's a difference. That's right. So
0: the word power. The problem is the use of the word power. But
1: remember, the also. The mindset, I believe that Russia and which is such an amazing with such an amazing group of people, they could do anything they wanted and a strong culture. But I think the mindset of Russians and many in many ways, maybe it's not their fault. Maybe it's a product of their history. Their mindset is that they admire the the first example of power, control and strength and dominance more than they admire the power that influences and inspires things that are powerful so they're like trump supporters i think so i think so (laughs) they're they're putin supporters they like a strong man at the helm we know that trump like putin and putin likes trump yes that's sick Yes. that's probably not good right i would imagine no
0: (laughs) i haven't been paying attention to the republican national convention but but jamie did and i but i am paying attention to the fact that this is This is what I like about all this stuff what I like about all this Trump nonsense is it's shown how vulnerable this system is to fuckery Mm -hmm. that a madman can come along and just take over the whole thing. Did you see what his fucking biographer said? The guy yeah, who he had deep, deep remorse, right? Deep remorse. And he said that if Donald Trump becomes president and has the key to the nuclear football, he said he literally could be the end of civilization. He said the book should have been titled, instead of The Art of the Deal, should have been titled uh, The Art of Sociopath. I believe or or the the words of a sociopath or something along those lines But his take on Trump was that he's a total sociopath. It's not
1: surprising to me I mean, he's certainly a narcissist and maybe they're the same thing in some ways But I mean a hot wife though. He's he's got a hot wife. He's always bringing things back to himself and he just he just Lies at his convenience. He's just it's unbelievable. Do you know that he's been sued something like three thousand five hundred times? I believe that when you have a huge company, that happens a lot. So that's 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 not as surprising to me. What, but um, like by waiters and stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, like. you know, his creditors, a lot of people that invested, you know, people that did work for him, never got paid. A lot of the companies that he started... Uh, went bankrupt you know the, the, we what talk about Trump him being university this, we, well yeah we talk about him being this great businessman I don't know that we have a lot of evidence he's done a good job creating a brand that's worth something so if you put it on a hotel it comes with in your mind Uh, You think of high quality, prestigious, you know, nice bedding and, you know, or if he has a a building, it's the Trump Tower. Well, isn't it also interesting
0: that he took the name Trump because, like, I believe Trump card, that expression Trump card was there before the name Trump because his last name is Drump.
1: Yeah, Drumpf. That's yeah.
0: his actual last name.
1: I saw John Oliver talk about that as well real name. Well, I mean,
0: there's nothing wrong with the name Drumpf. I mean, shit, Arnold Schwarzenegger became famous as Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, he's got the goofiest fucking name Trumpf. ever, and he smashed it with that name.
1: In America, you can
0: get away with it. Why couldn't
1: you be Drumpf? There's I nothing just, wrong with Drumpf. It I remember, doesn't,
0: doesn't mean anything.
1: I remember being amazed that the United States voted... A man by the name of Barack Hussein Obama in yeah when we our public enemy number one was uh, you know uh, Osama bin Laden yeah He's so they, phonetically they sound very similar
0: oh yeah well how about Hussein we were I mean, also en- enemies with Saddam Hussein
1: exactly it's crazy yeah. I mean, he had a goofy-ass fucking name for a guy to be elected president. But that's why I give Americans a lot of credit. I think Americans are, are you know, if you listen to Europeans talk, they're always marveling at how, quote-unquote, dumb Americans are. I don't think Americans are dumb, and I think Americans, in a lot of ways, are very fair-minded, too. Well, you there's
0: know? that, but there's also the fact that there's a two-party system, where if you are on the left, you have to support whoever's on the left. That's mm-hmm. why all these people are lining up to support Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And ignoring left and right all the crazy evidence against her just being completely full of shit. She's corrupt. We, Oh my God, we played this video the other day where they were showing the difference between what the FBI has said about her trial, about them them looking into the email Mm -hmm. uh, server, the illegal use of the email server, the fact that... top-secret documents were shared cut and pasted and shared with people that did not have the status to, to, to Be able to check those and that multiple devices were used to access these and then compared
1: them to what she has said about it She's just a liar. Yeah, she's a liar. He's you, a liar. She's a liar do you, What do you think why do you think she set that server up in her bathroom? What was the benefit of that do you think
0: who the fuck knows? Was it just convenience? And was she told to do that? It could be that. It could be that she just didn't want anybody to have any oversight over her email. And she wanted to have a server in her home. Look, she deleted a lot of fucking emails. Hmm. Thousands of emails and you 're not supposed to do that, yeah. like that 's a part of that gig. part yeah. of that gig is transparency. She skirted around that gig. I had uh, Mike Baker in here from the CIA, a former CIA operative who mm-hmm. said flat out, if he had done the same thing, he'd he goes, I, would, he says, he says, yeah. I would be in jail No, he 'd be in jail and he, and he was discussing how this is just not done, and everyone knows this. this <laughs> is like this is not a woman who just stepped into politics for the first time. This is someone who 's been involved in politics virtually her whole life.
1: I read a good article somebody sent me, and I'll send it to you. And um, I can't remember what the magazine was, it was a credible a credible magazine. The journalist he said, "Look, I, I have my point of view on Hillary," and he's not a left leaning. I think he's probably more of a conservative columnist. And he said, and he went and um, he interviewed all the people that have worked with Hillary Clinton, for with and uh, and even her opponents. And it was really, really, really interesting to get the perspective. He said, the one thing that they talk about is, number one, she doesn't feel very comfortable in front of... It's not a natural fit for her to be in front of audiences talking. But, dude, she's such a great speaker. She's a great speaker. The shrill she's...
0: way <laughs> she talks!
1: Very, very. It's so
0: nice on the ears! See, I,
1: I think her voice is very grounded and strong like this. It's boxy. But they it's all, like her body. But they, they, they did use words like they, they consider her to be funny thoughtful and very intelligent Mm. now uh that that was an interesting i my eyes were a little bit open i said "Wow, the people are close to her that have worked with her had more favorable things to say and i'm not a hillary supporter but they had more favorable than negative which i thought was pretty interesting because i never thought of actually interviewing people that have worked closely with her
0: okay stop right there these are political people true so think about what their job is, right. what they do for a living and how to make it in that world. Very you have to true. be full of shit and you have it's to like Hollywood. Yeah, it's very much like Kyle. Try Hollywood. getting somebody to say
1: something bad about somebody else cuz you never Fuck know if yeah. they're going to be it, it's amazing. It's the best Perfect script I've ever read. Example. It's the best Perfect. script
0: I've ever read. Well, not only that, he's an amazing actor. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, Ghostbusters, the new
1: Ghostbusters is incredible. Yeah. Those girls are so strong. Yeah. They're such strong women. It's my new thing. It's amazing. My new thing is the empowerment of women. I love this new talk. It's just it's not new either. I'm well, She's totally empowered. She's she's totally embraced her nudity.
0: Oh God! She's
1: bending over, yeah, and well, arching her back and licking her lips. She's so empowered. Seriously.
0: She's brave because she's naked and fat. She's so brave. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if she was brave, she'd get up at four o'clock in the morning and hit the gym before she went to the set. She wouldn't be fat anymore. Dude, People was angry great. at that Melissa McCarthy woman. They're angry that yeah. she's losing weight. Do you understand this? I love it. They're angry that she's choosing to become healthy. <sighs> so they're saying that this is in direct contrast to who she was before, mm. who we loved, is this fucking cartoonish fat lady. Yeah. And this cartoonish fat lady who we want to pretend is healthy. Yeah. You know, there's a fucking slew of people out there that have blogs out there talking about different things that are healthy about being fat. And I went down a rabbit hole one night because some woman was writing, she was this obese woman, and I was really sad when I was looking at her photos and... You know, people like to highlight things that people say about them on social media and, you know, like, you know, all these people are harassing her for being fat. It's but hard. she she's putting out a blog, right? Yeah. When you're putting yourself out there and you're putting a blog, you're just going to tra- – you put some honey out there, you're going to attract a certain amount of bugs. There's just yeah. no way around that, right? But she was talking about different aspects of being overweight that are healthy and that this is one weird phenomenon where healthy people – that catch a disease sometimes don't do as well mm-hmm. as fat people that have the same
1: disease in the old days They said you should have some weight on you in case you get a disease and you can fight it better That was always the case. What is that? How, how could that be true? I guess because maybe and I'm just uh, this is bro science but from what I remember reading your fat can actually absorb or store uh, uh, more, I, I don't know, or you have, you have reserves when you're not eating and stuff. Mm. You, you know, your body will use the fatty acids for energy.
0: Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So your body gets in this state of burning fat rather than burning food. Yeah. And m- many times when people are sick, that's a huge issue. is yeah,
1: coming up with some form of energy. My Italian relatives, you know, the, the Sicilian side back in the day, I remember if somebody was too skinny, they look, they they would say... You know, be careful. If you get sick, you know, you'll, you'll die. Water. Well, yeah. well it totally makes sense. But that
0: doesn't mean it's healthy to be fat. Right. It just means it's like a, a, it's a reserve policy in case you get a fucking catastrophic disease. Yeah. But you're also more <laughs> yeah. likely to get that catastrophic disease if you're fat. Yeah. So it's
1: such a catch-22. This book uh, by Gary Taub, I I just love, called Why We Get Fat and What to Do About It. And he, he traces the genealogy of the obesity epidemic. And he goes all the way back to the 30s in New York City. And he looks at how ineffective... All these obesity clinics and even the science of obesity has been it's been so difficult because a lot of times they treated it like it was a psychological disease like you eat too much so you'd go to a psychiatrist um, or they would put you on these very restrictive diets 1200 calories a day and you would lose weight but at the end of the day you descend but but also your body gets into this state of panic where it
0: tries to store energy really quickly because it's worried that you're in a famine state
1: right. So what he traces and he looks at the Native Americans that were had to sort of get, get on government rations when their land was taken and they all blew up like balloons because they were given white flour. And mm. the, the thesis of the book is essentially that when you eat simple carbohydrates and a lot of carbohydrates especially things like white flour and sugar your body produces a lot of insulin and for a whole bunch of metal, metabolic reasons it's insulin that causes you to retain fat molecules and need more sugar for energy and he does a really great job in the book a book of explaining it um but that sort of you know um when when you look at it that way, and when you look at the fact that it's just a question of changing what you put into your body, mm. uh, you know you will uh, then eventually, like this keto diet, for example, mm-hmm. it's a really good way to lose weight and not have to restrict your calories. It just is. Now I don't know if it's for everybody. Uh, you I don't know, think there is
0: a single diet that's for
1: everybody. I, I don't either. I don't People's either. People's bodies
0: are different. Like obviously, people have different allergies to foods, like mm-hmm. or allergies to all sorts of things. Like it's that's a great indication that we are just. We, there's so much biological diversity, so yeah. many people have genetics that have come from all sorts of different parts of the world, mm-hmm. all sorts of different environments that we evolved from. Yeah. There's, there's no one single but, but diet with, with for obesity everybody.
1: obesity is fairly recent only because when people started eating, you know, that much sugar. And, right. Uh,
0: but, you know- well, the, I think that's universal. It all is. All right? Like, like, there's nothing wrong with eating a certain amount of carbs and breads sure. and pastas, but th- it is universal that massive amounts
1: of sugar are bad for you. There's no, I don't think there's any question anymore right. scientifically. Yeah. Yeah. But one one of the things is hard for very fat people, obese people who have trouble with this, who may have gotten caught into that pattern as kids or they have a, or, and it's very true that some people genetically do put weight on, they don't process carbs the way other people do like I can eat carbs all day and stay very thin some people just can't do that but for a long well, time. you're very active though I'm very active. But yeah. for a long time what I'm saying is that there's always been and still is a stigma which is you're fat which means you are uh, of weak character right. or you have a faulty character You're and that's why they take so much shit whereas Gary Talbot in his book said a lot of it was just the fact that people did know how the body worked and a lot of this information came out in Germany before the war there were these Austrian and German scientists that were really closing in on what insulin does to make you gain weight but guess what when the war was over no american scientists were going to use german data right. it was kind of like no, nah, we'll come up with our own data well we use their rocket data
0: we did use their rocket we data. we fucking scooped up all their <laughs> operation paperclip we scooped up all their fucking rocket scientists yeah. and made them americans yeah there's yeah. a fucking thing about Werner von braun being a great american And, like, Wernher von Braun was a fucking Nazi. The guy Mm -hmm. who ran the NASA space program was a straight-up Nazi who the Simon Wiesenthal Center said if he was alive today, they would prosecute him for crimes against humanity. Damn, I didn't know that. Yep. They hung the five slowest workers every day at his fucking rocket factory in Berlin. Sweet, guys. They hung Jews. They hung them in the front of the fucking rocket factory to encourage the workers to work faster.
1: One of the things that they, they and this say, is, by the way,
0: coming directly from people who are still alive who worked in that factory. I with it. tattoos on their arm.
1: I believe it. I, I don't think that's I I don't even think that's a point of conjecture. But right? how I
0: crazy is it that we just scooped up all those monsters?
1: Like, well, hey, we also monsters scooped are really
0: up. Really good at me,
1: fucking shooting metal dicks into the sky. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's come over here. We how also, you- but we also scooped up a lot of. Uh, German and Austrian Jewish scientists, because mm-hmm. when they, in fact, Einstein, I believe, emigrated after a number of, or that thing was two scientists who were Jewish were assassinated, were shot on the street. Mm. And so all these like brilliant Jewish uh, scientists said, uh, let's get the fuck out of here and go to the UK and go to the United States. Well, you know and the horrible
0: did. tragedy of Fritz Haber. You know yeah. the, Haber yeah. the Haber method the Haber method is incredible story. Of in, in, The guy figured out a way to extract nitrogen from the air and it's one of the they say today that the, there's a There's a fantastic radio lab podcast on this. I think it's called the bad show I think that's what it's called because there's uh, they did it did a good show and a bad show I think that's what it's called and what they just showed is that sometimes and this we've all known this sometimes People that have done horrible, horrible things are also amazing at something that benefits a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. And this is one of them. Classic example. Fritz Haber figured out this way to extract nitrogen from the air. And the nitrogen in our bodies today, they estimate that some 50... And nitrogen, what they use it for is fertilizer. And for the longest time... Ammonia. Yeah. Yeah. For the longest time, they used to have to get, like, dead fish or mulch or something like that, compost. And And in fact,
1: uh, bat guano.
0: Yeah, bat guano was a big Mm -hmm. one, literally bat shit crazy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was like because people would have wars over bat shit that's right isn't that nuts i didn't know that but,
1: I, but that's exactly yeah right. that's what it is there yeah. was fucking
0: wars yeah. over bat shit like because
1: th- that's how you grew your food is amazing and people would starve during the winter because they didn't mm-hmm. know how to get that nitrogen into the soil and fritz Haber is literally credited with stopping mass scale starvation yes but then there's the, other, the side. other side.
0: Well, they said that today the nitrogen in our bodies, 50% of it came from the Haber Method. There you go. F- f- all the people today. Yeah. Like literally he's responsible for a massive increase in the population of this world. Mm-hmm. But he also was the guy that fucking used gas in war for the first time. Not only that, he personally oversaw it. He went to the front lines. And well, it was-
1: started with, it started with, a. Uh, he was working on insecticides, right? Yeah. Uh, which is, by the way, is what? Zyklon B, which was used to gas the Jews. Well, he
0: came up with Zyklon A. And Zyklon
1: A had a smell attached
0: to it so that you could know what it was and get the fuck away from it. Whereas Zyklon B, the Nazis extracted the smell. Meanwhile, Haber was a Jew. So what a fucking crazy conundrum that guy
1: found himself where his own relatives died directly from an invention that he created. It's incredible. And you know, also, if you, if you take a sympathetic approach to a man who was a patriot, he was a patriot. His country right. was at war. He had benefited from this country. He had a legacy in this country. He had standing in this country and his country was under direct threat. And he said, I think I know a way yeah. to help this war effort so we can stop. The enemy, and you know, we should all again. It's not what you think; it's how you think. We should all put ourselves in his shoes. If I had a way, and I'm, I, I think I'm right about that. If I had a way as an American, as Brian Count, to save my country from people I thought were going to actually take it over or kill a bunch of people, including my family, I'm going to gas the fuck out of them if I can invent <laughs> a technique. I'm going to gas them, and I'm going to come up with a way to shoot a rocket at them. That, that's. So if that makes me a bad person, call me Fritz.
0: Well, isn't it crazy, though, that this guy was literally receiving the Nobel Prize for the Haber Method yes. at the same time for being wanted for crimes against humanity a war for, criminal. for yeah. a war criminal. Yeah. But the same people that wanted to try him for war crimes dropped nuclear fucking bombs on two cities in Japan. Uh-huh. Like, what is a war crime? <laughs> like, when you're killing people, like, oh, you killed people the wrong way. Like, we have rules.
1: You can't kill people like that. Curtis LeMay, who oversaw, I believe, the bombing, the firebombing of Tokyo. Uh, and, uh, this several... is
0: before the the Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombs. Yes. This is the firebombs, which, by the way, killed more people, did more destruction. I mean, everybody yeah. concentrates on the, the two events, yeah. Hiroshima and Nagasaki.
1: No, no. Fire bombing was, I, oh. mean, I mean, what we did to Dresden, what we did to the Allies, really. It was the British and the Americans. But, um, I mean, Dresden looked like the surface of the moon. Uh, you know, uh, Kurt Vonnegut, I think, in the book uh, Slaughterhouse-Five talks about this in vivid detail. Detail, but look at just YouTube Dresden before and after Jimmy. Bring up Dresden, Jimmy. Before Jimmy? Jimmy, I said bring said up Jimmy. He b- said Jimmy, right? Dresden before and after the firebombing. But Curtis Lemay, I think in a period of eight days in Tokyo, eight, I mean, one million people died from fire. Oh, and Curtis God. Lemay said, "Business war is the business of killing people, and if I had been on the losing side, I'd probably be tried." As a war criminal and if you yeah. see Curtis LeMay he's always chewing a cigar and he was the commander and he was the one who made those decisions and he said we're gonna punish the Oof. German workers there are real pictures though look at what that. is this Dresden was a jewel it was a jewel and it then was a beautiful what it was like post uh, like the surface of the fucking moon you'll see
0: Do they have videos of it then Jamie this is all.
1: This is, a, this is before and after the Allied bombing. I don't know why. It's just pictures.
0: Yeah, see yeah. if you can find some photos. Some actual photos. Beautiful Dresden ruins after the Allied bombing. Whoa. But this is drawing. way worse than that. No, that's yeah. a real photograph. Oh, that's a photo.
1: Yeah, there you go. That's, that's what it looked photo. like. That's a photo. Oh, my God. That's what it looked like.
0: Oh, my God. All of
1: it. All of it. And, they, and he t- they talk about the survivors who were just walking around in the city that had been standing for 700 years or something crazy. God damn. And it damn. was no longer. How did anybody survive this? They didn't. In fact, people were falling Whoa, down. Whoa, look at that. Those are bodies? Yes. People were falling down. Um... They were falling down because the oxygen was sucked out of the air, so From you'd be, you'd be on the street and you would you would just fall down because there's no air, yes, or there'd be a bomb, and the people would open their shutters, stick their head out, and the aftershock would take their heads off whoa yeah. it's we're we're very lucky, very lucky we didn't live at this time Jesus we're very Christ, lucky what live.
0: a fucking strange thing its
1: it was an apocalypse giant scale war is like that and and Europe what was it F- uh, was it uh Fifty million people at the end of World War II that were dead, maybe as many as 80 million. Put that into context. And that from those ashes, from these experiments like fascism and the idea that you can perfect human beings and perfect society and create utopias from those experiments came uh, Ash and 80 million graves and well, so and from sort of right
0: kind of sorta I mean the idea like if you just Wanted to improve upon human beings without killing people that you thought were inferior if you just wanted to create the Ubermensch without making everybody else die yeah, you, know, you, without, you know, without you, know I mean?
1: you, but you need to reeducate. So reeducation camps that Paul Pot would put people in. Mm-hmm. You had to be marched to the countryside because he was creating a an agrarian utopia. But, but,
0: but why does it always have to? Why? Why does any beneficial act like an, the idea of creating better people? Like we would all like a better society with better people. I mean, if we all had a, a world where everybody had perfect genetics and nobody had to worry about fat shaming. You know, like mm. nobody had to worry about not being attractive. Nobody had, but that's not good. So the problem is like the stress and the the anxiety of being a dork and the the the, the stress of being bullied and that's where where diamonds come from. Like yes, it's not good you to bully correct. someone. It's not good to, to 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 take advantage of someone. It's not good to to make someone's life hell. Mm. But a lot of times, that's where you get a Marvin Gaye. Of course. You know, you get these these jewels of art. Yeah. You know, you get these people that come
1: out of these horrible environments and they have this power to them. But you have to create, you ha- you're right, you still have to create some respite. You know, yeah. that the the great the great, the great Matthew Arnold has said that the United States is the the land of the stock market and big guns and and powerful, you know, an agrarian society can it's feed also the, the world. What well, he also said, I was going to say, he said we have to always remember to create safe Haven for our gentler spirits our weirdos and people that think differently and actively because that's where you get Prince little Richard Marilyn Manson and all the things that make our culture Interesting, yeah, and that's a very important thing to keep in mind when you when you um, but again look when you talk about um, Bombing and how we're getting better think about for a second the methodology in our brain of how we a lot of people Think of not only terrorism and I'm guilty of this too or even say something like cancer So if you have cancer, there's one method of treating it and sometimes it works, which is there's a tumor Let's cut it out. Let's cut the tumor out
0: There's another method of treating it which is diet and health and taking care of your body before it ever happens This is one of the things you're
1: talking now about the duality is what I'm saying is that we, we fall sometimes into the mindset that every problem can be cut out and Mm -hmm. and removed right instead of saying prevention what what you just said what you just said is there's another there might be another tact Mm -hmm. in in every issue so when you when we talk about um the bad guys and we talk about we have to and and listen there's there's a there's a place and a time to take out the bad guys there's no question of course you know but we have to be careful that we have we don't fall into One Way of thinking and one way of dealing with what we consider threats, right? Right, because we could make the problem worse Um, And instead sometimes we might want to say maybe this time Maybe this is a problem that doesn't require cutting and radiation and uh, You know removing maybe it's what you just said. Maybe we should approach it systemically from a different angle. That's not as uh, Not as violent not as physical
0: yeah. Well, there's also the problem of the charismatic leader. And there's also a problem of people wanting to be a part of a team. Like you were talking about if you could gas the people that are a th- threat to the United States. <laughs> but who are those people? They're just people. The idea that somehow or another someone who lives in Italy, who uh, I've never met, is against me. Uh, someone who lives in the United States who, who they 've never met mm-hmm. that 's preposterous, we yeah. just don 't know each other,, yeah. and when you get by the way, when I was in Italy, one of the weirdest fucking things about it and i 've never been there before, so i don 't know if the, but the people that were there were t- describing to me how everything has changed. I was talking to this one cab driver, he was a really interesting guy, and uh, he was uh, we were commenting I was asking him about. Everywhere you look, they have these Land Rover defenders that are in camo with these military people standing out there with fucking machine guns everywhere, Mm. everywhere. And I said, is this normal? And he said, no. He said, this is the new way. He's Mm -hmm. like, this is uh, the world is changing. He Mm -hmm. said, this is not a good world. Mm -mm. He said, this is not good. And I said, so this is a direct response to the terrorist threats and the things that have been happening in Paris. He goes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. He goes. They don't want it to happen here. So, so all the places where there was tourists, whether it was the Vatican, whether it was the Coliseum, you saw these these camouflage Land Rover Defenders and these public displays Guys of, of ready. guns. Yeah, and a woman. I saw a woman. I was thinking about punching her, taking her gun. It's like I think I can. <laughs> Some of those women are no oh, joke. Well, I don't think so. I got it. <laughs> They're
1: trained to react That's my quickly. Gun.
0: That's my gun. It's She's my gun. holding it. It's my gun. gun. Obviously, I'm kidding. But it is, it is weird to see these people that are standing out there holding guns. And they had fucking very serious looks in their face. And they're scanning the crowd, looking left and looking right. And a lot of Middle Eastern people there. A lot of fucking people dressed up like beekeepers. A lot of poor ladies with gloves on and ninja masks. And I was like, what in the fuck? 2016, and you got people wandering the streets of one of the greatest cities in the world.
1: And a dre- liberal democracy.
0: Fucking man! That,
1: that talks about giving people their own the serenity on what they wear. Yeah, and all the women, Italian women, dress like hoes. Yeah, they're hoes, beautiful. Hoes, looking for dick? Hoes? Well, they're just very. I consider they dress. Hoes, they're minimalists. Excuse me, sir. They're minimalists, and they did. They
0: know how to. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of oh, hoes. Yeah. Did you uh, see what happened in France over the weekend? It's, um, this man stabbed a woman and her three children at a, at a resort for being scantily dressed. This Muslim man. Mm. Yeah, what in the fuck, man? Just
1: well, it's such a bankrupt, it's such a bankrupt philosophy, if you can even call it that. This idea, ideology. It's an I mean, ideology. You know, it's an ideology. Yeah. I'm gonna kill you. That you talk about people who are caught in a trap. This this ISIS ideology. Talk mm-hmm. about being caught in a pathway. Well, this, this guy, this guy a, wasn't
0: ISIS. He wasn't an Isis guy. Yeah, he was yeah. just some radical Muslim. Yeah. some someone who deeply believes what he's been taught his ideology So powerful that he's willing to stab an eight-year-old kid in the lungs This poor fucking kid had a collapse a little girl a little Jesus girl because she was wearing a beach Jesus outfit Christ.
1: Jesus Christ. Well, this is a guy. Um, it sounds like he might have been mentally ill or oh, but the guy who or, fucking
0: drove all those people
1: in nice yeah. That happened while I was there. Is that how you say it? Niece? Yes, nice. That oh, happened oh, while I was there Well, this is the other thing is again not only do they do that because they're fanatical they think they're actually going to change something and make the world a better place by by behaving in this mad fashion In by some way children. they might
0: because they're gonna unleash the Jocko Willinks on the world who are gonna go out there and they're gonna fucking kill people like this. Yeah, they're, they're, right. they're, they're, they're gonna fucking get People to the point where they lose all tolerance. Well, I'm getting kind of to shit. that
1: point and I'm pretty tolerant and I'm getting to that point. And here's the, here's the interesting about when you think about ISIS. So I was talking to my buddy who's a CIA guy, you know, a, he's a, he's a Delta guy. He's a, one of these real kind of uh, guys who's in there and does all the the dirty work. And he said, um, I said, you know, let's, why don't we just bomb, uh, the, the, their strongholds. Well, you make and, them martyrs. Well, no, he also said, he said, um, you have to understand that that's not like they're all camped out in one area. They're in a town the size of, you know, let's say Baltimore, and they're, they have safe houses, but for the most part, they're all over that place. But more importantly, as ISIS fighters die, what they do is they come to families that are peace-loving families, and they say, listen, we need to, we need to uh, conscript your son. And uh, your two other sons, right there—they now belong to ISIS. Now you can say no and die, or you can bring bring them over for the cause, because you better be down cause for the Is that what's going on? That's what's going on now.
0: Where's this happening? What part in, of the world? In
1: Syria, in Iraq, in in those places where they have strongholds. But so, a lot
0: of people are joining voluntarily. Yes, yes, they including are, including European women. Have you yeah. seen this crazy shit where yeah. girls are going from England and they're joining ISIS? Yeah.
1: They're also getting—they're also getting wholesale just.
0: Destroyed.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, just fucking dying. Mm-hmm. And, and now ISIS is trying to support the families of the martyrs and they're running out of money. And, you know, so they're losing the they're losing the physical battle. But the ideology is always going to inspire. Fuck faces like this guy who kills children and I think in that case You know you do need a strong presence and people willing to shoot those people before they do what they do It's really hard to prevent them.
0: Well, it's hard to prevent crazy people. Yeah, and the word crazy is not the right word It's hard to prevent evil addicts psychopaths It's hard to prevent people like I mean forget religious ideology The guy who fucking shot up those people in the movie theater in Colorado. It's hard to prevent that. Yeah it's it's hard to I mean that that happened more than once right I mean how many times people didn't someone get shot up in Amy Schumer's movie were there people that went to see Trainwreck, that was right right yeah and because she was uh what would you upset do? about what, that? Do you,
1: what do you think is the answer oh I mean, that's a good question is the answer is the answer this is a little bit radical but is the answer let all of us carry a gun
0: how are you gonna stop that truck with a gun
1: I don't know. Yeah, you know, the
0: trucks are more dangerous than guns. You know, it's fucked up. I, I kind of predicted that that truck attack during the Steven Crowder podcast, and I didn't even realize I did it. Somebody posted on the, intergr- in the internet like, a clip of it, like, what's to stop someone? Because we were talking about gun control. And I'm like, the problem is mentally insane people that are willing to kill people. Yeah. And they could do it a lot of ways, man. And I was like, what's to stop someone from taking a car and driving through a fucking crowd of people? There's not much you could do about it. Mm-mm.
1: But you can't shoot them. In the yeah. face, so yeah. that they die in the car. Maybe. I, mean, I, I do If you think get
0: lucky and hit them, you know how hard it is to shoot at someone when they're driving at you in a car? It's hard to shoot a deer that's standing still. No shit. And, and you resting your gun on a rock. But you,
1: it's possible. It's and, possible. And I'd rather have that answer mm-hmm. than have to run and scream yeah, with my no. kids. I'd rather be able to stand my ground and, and fucking squeeze off, you know... Right six rounds uh, no, in, in his direction and I really mean that
0: it, No, it's it's there's an argument there And I think the argument against that that you know You should not have that because you're more likely to kill someone in your family and you know That's not a great argument either. I think on both sides like the real issue is mental health The real issue is mm-hmm. inequality the real issue is people growing up and when I say inequality I don't necessarily even mean rights. I mean in the environment in which your soul enters this world like what 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 is the environment that you and i entered well we yeah. have really nice parents and we got really lucky we got born in america and well, you didn't were you born in america i was born in the philippines sir. i was
1: born in the philippines sir. jesus christ i lived overseas i was 14 years you're old barely, Keep going. barely one barely a lot us. of different countries
0: um that's where i get my edge but you 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 got lucky you have a really nice family you know i got lucky great family like nice people mm-hmm. you know that's very fortunate If you were born in Iraq or in Saudi Arabia or in Afghanistan or in any of these places where they're dealing with these ancient ideologies, you're fucked. It's like like there's a race and the race is 30 miles long and you're starting out at mile one where some people are at mile 29. Like there's no way. It's no way this is fair. Mm -hmm. It's no way. It's just Mm -hmm. not fair. And there's got to be a way. Through either time or effort or just the sheer expression of ideas That permeate through this world where slowly but surely that's the key Yeah, slowly but surely things have to even out to the point where people realize the correct way to behave and treat people Look, you could say religious tolerance all you want But when there's a fucking woman dressed like a ninja at the mall that lady is not in a good place she, she's being forced to dress like that. This is not her idea. There's no way it is. Mm-hmm. This is an idea that was stuck into her life when she was a small person. Mm-hmm. And she grew up with that idea, and now she's married to some guy who enforces that idea, and this guy's walking around with a fucking golf shirt on, and his wife's dressed like a ninja. Yeah. I mean, this is
1: madness. And I think that it makes their country weaker. If you, if you, yeah, if you categorize and, 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 you know, creates these sort of fencing around an entire class of people and a gender if you take women and say you guys have to walk a little bit behind me You have we just know that that doesn't work. You're wasting a lot of human potential. Yes A lot of people with ideas that can make the world a better
0: place You also you're you're stifling the debate and the discussion look There's a lot of people that think different than me man a lot of people whether they're Uh, from different parts of the world or whether they have different likes or dislikes and they have different uh, uh, art that they appreciate. And I, I like hearing their point of view there 's a lot of people that i don 't agree with what they 're saying, and I like to hear what they say there 's radical feminists that I listen to their ideology and I listen to what they 're saying and I try to figure out where the fuck they 're coming from. I try to figure out, okay, is this a direct response to something they 've experienced in their life like how much of this has to deal with them being persecuted how much of them has to how much of what people say has to do with their direct experiences with the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. Like when you look at a a bunch of feminists, right? And some of them have pink hair and they weigh 300 pounds and you you know, life was not fucking awesome for them around men. You just know it wasn't. Well, how much of this anti-male, male, Sort of ideology that they're espousing, like how much of that comes from their direct experiences with men, and how different would it be if they grew up looking like Julia Roberts? Right. I mean, a lot. There, there's,
1: right? a, there's a really good um, one of the things I do with my podcast, the Brian Callen Show. Now is I do. Wait a minute. Once, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. You have a podcast? I have. a I have. I have the fighter in the kid. Wait a minute.
0: Wait a minute. Wait a minute.
1: Wait a minute. Yeah. You brought back the Brian Callen Show? I have. I do it once a week, and I how talk come about I don't a book know about this. I, I sent How you come I, I sent know. you one of them just for you to listen to because I did it with this guy Hunter. Yeah, Mons. I, don't, I don't listen. To anything it was brilliant. You do. I'll just tell you right now. I know just, it's I, to happen. I sent it to you like whatever. But I'm it was ver- a, super busy. We had an. Am- <laughs> I'm very very busy, but I had an amazing <laughs> conversation with, with my buddy Hunter. There. Amazing, I mean, like you can't believe it happened, it was ama- or it well, was good. My buddy Hunter is really good at reading everything and putting it into context where I can understand it. You know what I mean? Like he, he can put it, he can create a useful, he can turn it into a useful, right. you know what I mean? Right. Like you can read a bunch of books, but you don't know how to put it together. This motherfucker can put it all together mm. and contextualize it and everything else. And we, we read this book, we'll read a book and then talk about it. So we read this book called The Secret of uh, Their Success, uh, The Secret of Our Success by Joseph Henrik. And the book is, the, the theme of the book is basically this, and it's to your point. Human beings are smart because they borrow culture. Mm. Human beings are smart because they have societies that excel have to be open and have to be open enough so that they can borrow the best things from other cultures. So, for example, yeah. if you and I are put in the middle of the Arctic we 're going to fight unless we find a bunch of inuit we 're dead in about three days. You know if you and I are in the Amazon, if you take an Inuit who can kick ass and find seal meat and everything else and put him in the amazon He's fucked. he 's he doesn 't know he doesn 't have the right. culture yeah. human beings survive and grow and excel because we are really good at Learning from each other borrowing ideas. It's called the diffusion of innovation We we are that that's the most important thing and when you have societies that have these strong Rules and these strong ideologies that keep people essentially restricted You are not going to have the free flow exchange of ideas. Look at for example mixed martial arts Think about where martial arts has come once the Ultimate Fighting Championship and the Gracies created this crazy thing where everybody got to fight everybody else. Pretty soon, everybody starts sharing secrets. Everybody starts to kind of like go, well, this works, this doesn't work. And you were putting it in an arena where you were actually – it was just a very open place. It was a proven ground. It was a proven ground. And you could borrow ideas. Mm -hmm. And people are – look at what they're doing now. They're borrowing Coach here, Wrestlers I have this idea. submissions
0: yeah. and kickboxing and all that that's stuff. That's yeah. how
1: societies, that's how innovation happens. That's the best mm-hmm. way to get ideas to move forward. And again, the problem with what, this sort of countries that are restrictive like Russia, like Saudi Arabia, with these strong sort of either cultures of power or cultures of religion is that they create um, a very, very, it's a very difficult atmosphere. Not only… Not only to be open with your ideas, but, but to benefit from your ideas. You are not going to start a company like Apple in Russia when you know that the government, like Putin or whoever, is could, could take it anytime they want. Where would be the incentive of that? I'm going to work for well, you'd 20 years. Well, you have to years. be
0: buddies with Putin. Exactly. And then you might be able to pull it off. But so you will never do it in Saudi Arabia. Now it's
1: an economy of influence. Right. Not a meritocracy. Right. Let me ask you this, because this is a kind
0: of an interesting thought that's going through my head. Do you think that one of the, the things that's going on today that just really wasn't going on... I mean, in the 70s, you had... The Iran hostage crisis with Jimmy Carter and all that jazz But if you really go back and think about what that was all about And if you really look at the the history of the United States intervention in the Middle East, it was really about Controlling resources controlling natural resources also
1: controlling Soviet influence.
0: Yeah controlling Soviet influence But that was also about resources too because they were trying to the Mujahideen They were trying to control Afghanistan and they wanted to get the natural gas pipelines And there's there's a lot of it that deals with monopolizing natural resources Resources and the amount of money that you can get from there And then also the amount of natural resources that could be used to strengthen military You know uh, regimes there. There's there's a lot of control issues in that, but you didn't have the kind of terrorist activity That you're having today, which also coincides with the freedom and expression of ideas and information at an unprecedented rate That we're all experiencing today and the areas where this is not true the areas where the freedom of expression and the tolerance of ideas. I mean, if you look at the United States, there's some, some nonsense that's going on today with political correctness, and there's some complete, the, the, the left that's taken so far left that it almost becomes right, because they're just completely... Uh, so, controlling. So, but not just controlling, but so uh, so infatuated with the idea of enforcing their version of what... Equality is equality is, and what life is on everybody else that it becomes this like oh this tyrannical is, you're very tyrannical, mm-hmm. but point is this is the this is the the west I mean this is where we are, we are in the the real marketplace of ideas, this is the boiling point of all these ideas where things are changing at this radical rate, and this is the world that is also being attacked and really being opposed by this completely constricted world that really doesn't feel like it has a chance. Like, this world is trying desperately to cling to these old ways. De- I mean, if you look at look what ISIS is, mm-hmm. they are desperately trying to cling to these ancient religious ideologies mm-hmm. that were established in, in a way that does not allow for the even exchange of ideas mm-hmm. and information. Mm-hmm. And this this new way of... But this is also – this new way is also attached, of course, to the military-industrial complex. It's also attached to the, to the idea that there's hundreds of different different military bases in hundreds of different countries where we're in control of massive amounts always of people's has been, safety. Always has been. Though. But it hasn't been yeah. in the You know, terrorism, the by the, the way,
1: in the 70s – and remember being in Rome airport, they had plenty of guys with machine guns because of the Red Brigade. There was right. communist terrorism. There was Palestinian terrorism back then when uh, they a great deal.
0: killed the people at the
1: Olympics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Munich. Yeah, yeah. So there, there was always terrorism. There's, but a much smaller scale than today. Much smaller. I don't know about that. I don't know if, oh, that's, on, I don't know if that's true because terrorism was... Uh, terrorism...
0: There was never anything like ISIS
1: before. No, there wasn't. There this wasn't. is a new thing. and yeah. I, I, But this really powerful... But, but I have to stop you for adherence. a second. Adherence, what? Because, because when you say there wasn't anything like uh, ISIS, you're right. But for example, in Indonesia, which was uh, essentially an American ally, uh, Indonesia had – I just lost my uh, – t- take a look at how many people in one year died during the communist purge, and I think it was 1965. By many, many accounts, the, uh, there were probably one million people, most of whom were sort of take the Commando Axi, they were the sort of civilian conscripts that the military kind of recruited and said, find us the communists in your villages. And they were marched down to the river. They had their heads chopped off. And by many accounts, almost a million "quote unquote" communists in a period of about a year in Indonesia were slaughtered. Let's take uh, the. Well, no, killing- these are
0: all related, but my, my no, point, I'm saying that. that, that but my point was- is, what I'm trying to get at is, I wonder if what is going on now is almost the same thing as going on with like a two-party system. It's an us versus them thing, but it's combined with the us. Which is this, what's going on in the Western world. I mean, obviously, the Western world has plenty of problems. Hmm. But one thing the Western world has pretty clearly is the even exchange of information and ideas. Mm-hmm. You might not agree with these ideas, and you might, and then a, there's a problem with that as well. But, but you have access to them. You have access to them. Yeah. And this access is like, well, that's one of the things that's going on with Twitter. And I don't know if you know about this, but Milo Yiannopoulos, you know yeah, who he is. Yeah, yeah. He, got, he, got he got banned. from Twitter for writing a bad review about Ghostbusters, which essentially confirms what he said about the regressive left: is that they're trying to stifle ideas. Like, and then they're saying that he's responsible for the harassment of Leslie Jones, right? right? Which is horrible. You know what people did? She's a fucking comedian. She's man. also Great. She's I love great. Her. She's funny as yeah. shit, man. Um, but also. These are just trolls. All right, you're always going to have trolls. But he didn't do that. He didn't, I mean, he's not responsible for... He didn't like sick He, them. he wasn't
1: the catalyst. No. Or the, yeah.
0: But what he did was make an incredible amount of sense when he was describing that you cannot make fun of this movie. You cannot criticize this movie. If you do, you're labeled a misogynist. And he talked about how preposterous this movie is. That these women are all out kicking ass and every man in the movie is a buffoon. And the women don't have any negative traits or qualities at all they they're they're super powerful and super awesome and hilarious and the the humor is non-existent because they put them in this restrictive box. He got well, banned from Twitter for that? Got banned from Twitter for this. You you what well, they they're blaming him on the harassment that he Leslie the, experienced. He incited the Well, they didn't incite, any, incite anything. He he made a provocative
1: article about a piece of art. And that's what that movie is a piece of art so they are they are guilty of, of censorship in the in the worst way
0: well what they're doing is they're stifling ideas they don't agree with mm-hmm. and they've they've decided that I mean Twitter established some weird fucking thing called the trust and security council or something like that and they brought wow. on all these social dress, justice words Jamie look that up what the fuck Good is that God. called that they tried to do but they brought on all these people for this sounds
1: like Mao's China
0: it but it's Jesus Christ a, it's very very it's bizarre. Thought control. It, it is it's thought, thought control control. Well, look, I'm against harassment If you can stop people from being shitty to people and you say well Here's someone who's using Twitter and they're going after people in a very shitty way, but the problem with that is look at How many fucking people have made shitty horrible evil comments about police officers all police officers trust and safety counsel when it comes to safety, everyone plays a role. Please make that larger so I can read it.
1: Twitter, Twitter, empowers-,
0: <laughs> Twitter empowers every voice to shape the world. But you can't do that unless you feel safe and confident enough to express yourself freely and connect with the world around you. To help give your voice more power, Twitter does not tolerate behavior intended to harass,
1: intimidate, or use fear to silence another user's voice. Very general, by the way. Listen, Very how general, general. That is. now you have a council that is deciding whether or not you're good enough for Twitter. That's pretty Well, you know amazing. what? The
0: first thing they did with him, they couldn't figure out what to do with him. They they took away his verification.
1: Wow. What, what, what does that have to do with... Wow. What is that? He's not verified anymore. They took away his little blue check. Yeah. It's, it's very verified. dangerous. It's a very dangerous uh, slippery slope, but well, we see this when in they our universities, that, too. But when
0: they, you, you do. Exactly yeah. the same thing. When they did that, he gained 20,000 new followers immediately. Wow. Because there was a, ma- a massive backlash. Yeah. So now they're in a place where there's even more backlash. Because if you look at the actual words that he typed versus what they're accusing him of, and it just doesn't stack up. It's clear that they don't like him because he's a Republican. He's a Trump supporter. Sure. He And he is a fucking troll. I love him. I think he's hilarious. He's a troll. But in the marketplace of ideas, you should be able to combat his trolling behavior. The without that a gag. Saying.
1: Without gagging yes. him. Well, without you, you gagging him. Engage him. him engage him. In a debate, yes. in a vigorous, spirited exactly. debate, yeah. Mom, don't can, gag yeah. the guy. Right. If you really feel
0: like he has done something egregious, you've, he's done something that can be criticized, criticize it. That's right. And if he's actually harassing people, if he's actually saying, hey, go find Leslie Jones and, and throw dog shit at her or do something horrible to her or slash her tires or something like that, if he's actually doing something like that, I mean, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then, you know, then he's doing. Then that, he's that's where a crime. that's
1: where the, the you don't get up in a crowded movie theater and scream fire because right. you'll create a stampede. Yes, right. Exactly. You know, Maya Angela talked about that when she said, "Where the Ku, Ku Klux Klan was saying, we have a freedom of speech,' and Maya Angelou Your freedom ends. Your freedom of speech can end when you're literally telling people to hang me.' Yes, because you know, and you're telling a mob, and I'm standing right there that that, that inciting them. That's that's probably where. You know, we should take a look at things. I mean, and we all know, we all know the line. Uh, wh- we we don't all know, all about know, what, No, I'm saying, I'm saying that, that there is something called common decency. And, you know, people like to jump to these extremes, but it's not. it doesn't inform the debate. I think what you're saying is so important. And then the idea that you've got to create safe haven for those that you agree with and disagree right. with. And I
0: disagree with Milo all the time. Yeah. I mean, he and I are friends, and I've had him on the podcast twice. And when we talk, I I mock him I mean, we have fun. I mean, Mm -hmm. but he's a good guy, but he's just really right wing. I also think his trolling is so fucking sophisticated. And he's one of the ones that was saying that he believes that Melania, how do you say her name? Trump's wife? Melania, is that Mm -hmm. her name? Yeah. He thinks that they did it on purpose. He thinks Trump is a master troll and he thinks that the plagiarism was on purpose Mm -hmm. because now more people are talking about it Mm -hmm. and then more people are, uh, I don't know if that's true, but... I think it's hilarious that did you know that his tweet Trump's tweet that he put out to congratulate his wife for speaking is exactly verbatim the same tweet that Obama put out to congratulate his wife for speaking interesting exactly Wow every single word in the exact same order
1: Wow yes that's that's pretty calculated
0: I don't know. I don't think he writes his own tweets. That
1: that apparently wasn't true. Is it fake? I think that was like photoshopped.
0: Oh, those motherfuckers. They got me. Oh, that was the other thing they did. I'm sorry about that, folks. Um, That was another thing that they did with Leslie Jones, which she was really upset, is that trolls were taking words um, and putting them, like, they were taking a photoshop and making her, like, her name, like, what she had, you know, her her Twitter name, and then writing horrible shit about gay people and then putting it in there. Jesus. But leslie jones and again i love her i think she's really funny she said some kind of fucked up things on on twitter herself and you know things that can be construed as racist one of the things she said like about white people being shit fuck white people shit like something like that it was on on breitbart see if you could you'd find the actual uh things that they were they were saying that like how could leslie jones get away with saying this but Milo gets banned for writing an article and I'm not but I think what Leslie said like white people shit it could have been that she was saying like someone did something and goddamn white people this is some white people shit yeah you know like she's funny like, like when people climb into a zoo and try to fucking hug a tiger yeah that's white people yeah that's white people yeah. shit that's
1: funny though and leslie anybody who knows leslie Hell knows yeah. she's lord have she's mercy. a great
0: she's just a fucking doll lord have mercy white people shit what does that mean though
1: it's white people shit. Like, they do but crazy I don't know. stuff.
0: I mean, what does that mean? Like, why did she say that? Like, what is that about? Imagine a white yeah, person. But Look at this. Imagine a white person saying that about black people.
1: I understand, but I think, you know, we've heard this before. We, it's fine. Leslie Jones is not a racist. Leslie Jones has never been anything but really kind to people around her. Okay, but hold you on know. a second. Because sometimes people
0: say things that are racist, and they're not racist. They're just trying to be funny. Yes. Like, you know, I mean, how many all
1: too sensitive sometimes right. about Jeff it.
0: Ross is hilarious. And he says a lot of racial stuff when he Sarah roasts Silverman. people yeah. Sarah Silverman, but Jeff Ross in particular, because he's really good at roasting people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stuff that he says, like, you know, he crosses what some people would say is a line, but what is he doing? He's being funny.
1: There is, there is a difference. So a lot of times if you're Hispanic, um, if you're. You know, if you're
0: from a marginalized
1: group, you can you, get away with it. You can get away with it because you, sh- you all share in a common um, experience of repression. Right. Uh, so, and, like, gay and,
0: people can mock straight people, go, go ahead, mock me for liking pussy. Who cares? That's what I mean. Because
1: right? we We've never had to pay a price for that kind of yeah. oppression. We yeah. haven't. Not physically. And not, not economically. Well, that's not, not true because you know,
0: we've been oppressed for being straight forever. It's it's a constant Damn thing. It. People are just so mad that we're You're in such day. a breeder, fucking breeder. Yeah. What are you out there making babies? <laughs> Exactly. Those fucking Otto and George had a great line. You know, you, it, Otto and George, if you don't know, Otto was this fucking great, hilarious comedian who had a puppet named George, and his puppet was evil, and he had these bushy eyebrows. And the puppet would say these fucked up things, yeah. and Otto would go, Ah, oh, I can't believe you're saying that. Like, what the hell? <laughs> and the, the, the puppet would say, he goes, I don't understand where all these fucking queers are coming from. For a group of people that can't breed, where the fuck are they all coming from? <laughs> It's like you had to like who would say like purposely ignorant
1: shit yeah. as his
0: puppet. Yeah
1: Well, but, you know a lot of times all of us think outrageous thoughts. Yeah, we think prejudiced thoughts It's part of being a human being man. You well, know, it,
0: it's, there's a, a friend of mine who is dealing with um, these uh, folks that are Jewish that are incredibly cheap and uh, This friend of mine was saying like how fucking embarrassing is it? When someone just reenacts The most disgusting stereotype About a race yeah. Like a Chinese guy That just closes his eyes And just drives straight into traffic <laughs> <laughs> I mean- <laughs> it's like, this fucking horrible stereotypes yeah. that, like, when you see them, like, oh, come on, man. If I was Chinese and I saw someone driving like that, I'd be like, you motherfucker. Yeah. Do you know what I'm dealing with here? Yeah. Just being Chinese. Like, if there's an accident and I'm involved, people go, oh, of course, the right. fucking Asian guy. Got a well, car accident. Well, do
1: you know Do you know what Dunbar's principle is? Yes. Yeah. And that's, we have a, a limited number of people we can keep within our heads, right? Right. But it, that also plays a part in stereotyping. There's a limited amount of information that we can kind of like keep in our heads. Right. So actually, stereotyping was something that kept us safe. You, you're talking about, when you talk about stereotyping, what you're really talking about is pattern recognition and chunking information. Right. You're looking at something because you don't have a lot of time. You're looking at a dude. It's like Dove Davidoff's joke about, you know. He said he was sitting there and he and this guy walked up to him he 's already done this joke so i 'm not selling i'm not i 'm not ruining it, but he said you know Look, we assume things all the time. You know, he goes, I saw this guy with teardrop tattoos. He had a knife. And I was like, I don't want to stay. I don't want to hang around here. And the girl goes, don't assume he could be a chef. I'm like, that's fine. He could be a chef. But if you pull your pants down and, and you got a bunch of blisters in your genitals, I'm not going to assume you got stung by a pack of bees. You know, at the end of the day, you do stereotype. You make choices based on how you, you know, what the information you get. And you do it very quickly because sometimes that information can keep you safe. A cop, a lot of times when they see they, 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 can tell if somebody shouldn't be somewhere because they'll look for certain things. Out-of-state plates, fast food wrappers. That person's driving and they're on their way somewhere. There are lots of different little signals that cause you to profile. Right. Because sometimes profiling is what's called good police work. Uh, we all do it. We all, we all, when I'm driving and I see a dude in his car and I see the back of his head, I can make a lot of fucking assumptions on how he's driving and whether or not he's going to signal. Like an old dude with a hat. Do it all the time. I do it all the time. You and I, see, go, like, I gotta old speed white by this guy. Yep, I gotta beat my hat. horn before I go by because he might just swerve in because he's a right. fucking dummy. You know what I'm saying? So, th- some of this is just being a human being, and again, it's how our minds work, and we probably all share very similar thought patterns with even our enemies or even the people we don't like.
0: Right, but pr- being like being a Jewish person, it's really cheap, mm. like super cheap. But like, that comes that's, from that's different. Isn't it? No, because that's characteristic.
1: The way I would look at it is this. So I'd say you'd say a Jew, that Jewish person is cheap. Right. And I would say what I would look at is I'd say, well, hold on for a second. If you've been a Jew, you have a history and we can go back thirty five hundred years. But let's just go back. uh, I don't know. Let's go back. Two thousand years you got a history of yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, are talking about someone in
0: their 20s. No,
1: it doesn't matter. Listen, you got a lot of people blaming the Jews for killing Christ, right? And so, usually, if you look at history, especially European history, they were either kicked out or they were killed. So, what happens is, if you don't have a homeland, if you don't have a homeland, then you're a Jew, all right? But they, don't they have a homeland? No, like, yeah, but that's very recent. What is that, 1948? 47. Yeah. So, so, as a Jew, when you actually don't have, you know, a country, I'm just, you know, as an right. example... Guess what your security is your fucking security at the end of the day is how thick your wallet is because money Money is how you survived. You know the reason that a That's lot of Jews point. the reason Jews were into the jewelry trade diamonds Well diamonds are something you could pick up put in a pouch and run the fuck away really quickly You could transport your wealth. So they, they were like, well, we're kept out of banking We are kept out of all these things, but we can make clothing and, we can, and we're can, and jewelers. And they came to this country, those immigrants, came to this country with those two skills. The mm. Irish came to this country with, hey, I got two hands. I can work a farm. What do you need me to do? The Jews were like, I, uh, I can make fucking really nice clothes and I can label them and I can get you to think that they're even nicer because I understand a little bit about marketing. Oh, and by the way, I got diamonds. They There they were... There were certain things that they were forced into, and they came to this country and they had a skill set. So I look at that and I go, Ooh, that's just cultural residue. That's just cultural Mm, residue. Cultural residue. You were taught that that's how you get ahead. And you were taught that keeping, holding on to your money is, by the way, also a way to ensure your survival. So the more you learn about, you know, the more you learn about a people's history, the more you learn about our biology, the more we learn about brain science, I think. The more compassionate it makes us.
0: Well, that's also why a lot of people feel that some Asian folks are bad drivers because they're used to minding their own business, not looking left and right. And when they walk, they walk straight ahead and they bump into each other all the time. That's great. That's they, fucking great. <laughs> that's, that's what that's it is. That's great. I mean, well, a friend of mine who's Chinese makes actually sense. was explaining this to me. Mm-hmm. He's like, if you go to China and you walk down the street, he goes, people just bounce off each other like they bumper sure cars. Yeah. And he goes, and it's not offensive. It's no. just what they're doing. They're not doing it on purpose. It's just like when you're dealing with billions of people, mm-hmm. like this is how you do it. Yeah, you just you got to plow forward. Have you ever seen intersections in China? Yes. Have you ever seen videos of intersections? Mm-hmm. It's fucking terrifying. It's insanity. It's fucking terrifying. It's chaos. It's well, ants. It Italy, like, was mm-hmm. Italy was terrifying. Italy they, was. They drive like fucking savages in Italy. Yeah. I mean, there's these roundabouts. Where we're walking. We're driving into the roundabout. We're like, oh Jesus! And the driver just like skillfully maneuvers around this. But like, look at this. Look at this. I love look it. At this I love it. Fucking madness. It's amazing. Yeah. They, but they and figure so it out. It look, they left, they right, they, they zoom around each other.
1: They're driving slowly, and yeah. they're all making their own. So at 25 miles an hour, they say, anything below 25 miles an hour, human beings are very good at navigating. Yeah. You know?
0: That's a good example. And this is kind of a weird overhead view. but I love it, though. This is this is actually manageable. But I've seen some shit that just doesn't look manageable. You also like,
1: see people die in those intersections. Oh, yeah. Well, how
0: about the people that are walking? They just walk across the street. Yeah. And... Pray that people avoid them. Yeah. Like, oh, you get god hit. damn it. Yeah, I mean, there's a yeah. lot of cultures that have their own little thing that they do to sort of deal with the numbers mm-hmm. that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see that in America, too. One of the things that I really like about small towns, when I go to a small... Like, I was in Bozeman, Montana recently. There's only 35,000 residents of Bozeman, Montana. It's a great town, and everybody drives really nice. Everybody's like fucking super chill. Yeah. There's not that many people. Yeah. See, people like real easy going, let everybody. And I realized, like, what you're dealing with in Los Angeles, like, I felt it the moment I got off the plane when I went from Montana to here. The moment you get here, you're like, you gotta go, gotta go, cut this guy off, get ahead, gotta get ahead. Like, there's a a feeling in the air. And they did a study. And one of the things that they did this study on was they put up cameras in cities. And they measured the amount of footsteps that people take, like how quickly they walk. And then they measured how, how many syllables people say in a minute, how quickly they talk. And through those two numbers, they were able to accurately estimate how many people lived in that city. Down God, to like a thousand. God,
1: I love that stuff. Yeah, like, God, If that's you have a
0: shitload of people, people walk faster and they talk faster. Yeah. If you have less people, they slow
1: down. Well, Gail Collins, who's a columnist in the New York Times, always says that right wing and left wing people, if she goes, it's all about space. When you're, uh, when you're, is, you become right? more of a socialist when you have to contend with all your neighbors. So you yeah. live in a building and, they, and you, it requires cooperation. Yep. It requires waiting in line. Yeah. It requires all these things. When you live in Bozeman, Montana, And you have, uh, you know, all that space, you can preach self-reliance. You can sort of talk about the value of, you know, sovereignty, personal sovereignty, self-reliance and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So it does play a real factor in your psychology. It's like, yeah. No, go ahead. ahead. No, I was going to say Malcolm Gladwell in his book, uh, he said, uh, I think it was Blink where you mentioned um, (laughs) when people would come to his office. And if you mentioned Florida, raisins and orange juice, People left the room sm- a lot slower. Do you know why? Why? Because they thought of old people and retirement. Whoa! And so it played a factor in their gait. They left the they left the fucking. They office. were less inspired. They walked down the aisle. Well, they walked down the hallway more measured because they they you put the idea of an old person in their brain.
0: Well, that's and it, what I was going to say. Is this is where the role of colleges? They're very interesting, because colleges sort of throw a monkey wrench into that, because colleges take a small town and turn it very liberal, mm. which ordinarily would not be that way. You're dealing with small rural environments. You usually deal with conservative populations that are Christian and, you know, they're into fucking you know, Republican sort of ideas. Well, there's also
1: something else about liberal towns. They're little small liberal towns that you're talking about. I don't think they, they turn them liberal. What they really do is they take away any existential threat for the most part. They make those towns super safe. There are a lot of rules that would penalize anybody, for example, young men for misbehaving by punching each other in the face or imposing their aggression on a weaker group of people. I think that's also, what how I characterize a liberal small academic town? They are safe for the most part, safe environments for you to figure the world out and express yourself. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: yeah. Safe like Boulder's a good example. Of exactly. That. Yeah, Boulder. Low blood
1: sugar, sort of. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah well, not. I wouldn't say low blood sugar because there's a lot of like fitness going on there. Mm-hmm. Boulder's one of the fittest towns in the world, That's like true, per actually. capita. Yeah. Like, a lot of people have low body fat. They're hiking yeah, all the time. Good-looking people. And they're in a fantastic environment, like, as far as, like, the, the, the natural beauty of the land around them. And they take advantage of it. They're always hiking and biking and shit. But,
1: but you don't have to worry about things like, you know, a Crime. shootout. and right. going, Like, my yeah, friend yeah. who grew up in the hood said that he would... He knew. He knew when something was about to happen. And I said, what do you mean? He said, the air changed. And... Your friend I might said, be an idiot. No, no, no. He said, he said, he's, no, he said, he said, because what happens is. In all fairness, in, in, a lot no, of your friends
0: are idiots. No, no,
1: he, he grew up in the hood and he said he had a lot of his friends black killed. Black guy? No, 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 black guy. He had a lot oh. of his friends killed. And he said, what I would notice and everybody would notice is that when a, the shootout was about to happen or, the, or a fight was about to break out, he said there was almost like this, like whatever it was imagined or not, there would be this calm before the storm. The mm. air would change. Things would settle. And then boom, something would happen. And he said everybody felt that. He said because we, we were talking about how my friend walked through the savanna with his wife, who grew up in Kenya, and his wife knew everything about it. She was like, "Don't worry about the lions." She knew everything. She knew Ooh. animal behavior until she saw what animal? What? Guess hyenas? Nope. People? Nope. Monkeys. Water buffalo.
0: Ooh. And she
1: looked at her husband and she said, climb that tree right fucking now. And he said, I knew when she told me to climb the tree because there were lions, and she said, don't worry. But when she said climb the tree, I climbed that fucking tree because it was a water buffalo. She knew her environment, and just like he, he would walk through the hood, and he was safe. He knew, it. he knew how to navigate, but he also knew when something was about to happen.
0: There's a great Jim Shockey show. Jim Shockey's this really famous conservationist and big game hunter from Canada, really interesting guy. But he's got this great show called Uncharted, and uh it's kind of a hunting show but not really it's more of an exploration of culture mm. cuz he travels to all these different countries and he, he really like gets deeply embedded in their country and in their culture and he goes to these strange lands in the middle of nowhere in russia and or in soviet union or former soviet union. um and uh he he spent a lot of time in africa as well like he's done a bunch of shows in africa like uh, they actually brought him in to kill crocodiles that were killing people in this village Damn. and the people in the village man It was fucking horrific. You would you would they would go through this village with cameras and people would be showing like this guy's missing an arm This guy's missing a leg. This guy has a bite taken out of his head Damn. like everyone Jesus. Like all these people everyone knew they had someone to get their water down. There. Yeah, yeah Everybody knew and while they were there while they were there filming this a woman got taken away by a crocodile Well, I mean it's just a constant Good complete God, threat, terrifying and they were not scared of anything. Like they were scared of buffaloes, those fucking cape buffaloes, water buffaloes. They're like these goddamn things, these grass-eating monsters. Yeah, because they have to fight lions all the time. So mm-hmm. they're just they they fuck and they fight lions off, mm-hmm. and they're just jacked to the tits. I mean, if you look at them, you're like, what is that thing eating? It must be yeah. eating like steroids. Don't and, they weigh three
1: thousand pounds? Oh, they're fucking enormous.
0: They're yeah. enormous. They're huge, and huge lions, animals. Lions
1: are the biggest assholes because they'll eat their balls while they're on them. They take their they testicle. go for the balls. First thing they eat is their balls and their dick. Really? Yep, because they're behind them so you got one on your back and then they're like mm, mm, mm,
0: mm. go for the ball well it's probably easy to tear loose of course it right? is it's a good yeah. good bite good old it sucks being a water buffalo. oh sucks being a lion too man yeah it does fuck that yeah. running around killing shit with your face all day Yeah, that's all you can do <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a store you don't have a nature, credit card nature,
1: nature is fucking oh, brutal oh it's fucked nature it's is fucked. brutal we've, we've human beings have always it's been a constant war against nature actually it, it's always been how do you Not harness nature beings. how do you chain it
0: yeah. pretty much every animal that exists every animal that exists is in a even lions are in a constant war with Const, other lions constant. like their reign of terror is so fucking insanely brief they got a couple years where they run the pride and then some new lion comes That's along right. and kills them
1: yeah even like or great, bites them
0: so fucked up that they have they're, they're forced to leave
1: even great whites great yeah. whites they played a uh they had they this guy uh, Paul DeGelder who did our podcast Fighter and Kid and he, uh, he ended up uh, losing his arm and his hand and his leg oh, to a bull shit. shark in Sydney Bay in oh Sydney Bay God. he goes to punch the shark bull sharks are brutal yeah he goes to punch the shark and he goes oh I don't have a hand left and then almost died and all that, but um, he what, was. What saying, does he have on his arm now? Does he have
0: a prosthesis? Yeah, this
1: amazing prosthesis which can close and. Is open. it a carbon fiber
0: one? I Is think it so.
1: It's like ninety thousand dollars. Whoa! And uh, and but he was a Australian Navy SEAL, Jack dude, you know, like a handsome guy, and just you know, there he was, lost his hand, arm and leg. But um, he was talking about how um, uh, they played. They had there was an area where all these great whites, I guess bull sharks and stuff, and they played. Uh, the sound of orcas. They played the sound the of water? what they make when they're hunting Oh, Jesus. and they said that fucking sh- sharks didn't come near that area for six months <laughs> They were just like see ya. I'm out here.
0: And then what hunts them us. Yeah, we yeah. fuck up the orcas Yeah, it's 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 a constant battle and it always has been and I always wonder like is that battle. <sighs> I mean it's sort of necessary it seems like with the natural world i mean obviously we're striving towards some higher state of existence yeah. everyone is i mean i think that's where buddhists come from and meditation comes from and veganism comes from and, and me, I, that doesn't have I, a central
1: nervous you, system. Sure. Yeah.
0: utopian ideologies and all these yeah. thoughts about what, what we're trying to do is whether misguided or not we're we're trying to strive towards improvement, and, when, and that, that is the state of life, and it's also the state of nature. I mean, there's there has to be some sort of a balance of power with with animals that are herbivores and animals that are carnivores. Like they're talking about bringing in cougars on the east coast of the United States to does, deal with because the they have too many deer. Yeah, they have too many deer. Yeah, you know, and um, it's a really fascinating subject because it, it, it's a better idea than bringing in wolves. Well, bringing, wolves are
1: very hard to. They they tend to be wholesale with their slaughter,
0: right? Not only that, they do a lot of fun killing. Mm-hmm. They like to they fun hunt. kill. Yeah. yeah, they they do what they call surplus hunting.
1: That video I showed you where I shot that deer in London, yeah. in England, like the, an you hour. Shot a, a deer there. in London. Uh, an hour and a half. What are you outside doing? Of, an hour outside of London. You're hunting in someone's yard. Well, my buddy owns this giant. My buddy, you know, he made a lot of money. He said, "I said, where's your property?" And he goes, "Well, can you see down there?" I go. I look he goes and can you look that way and basically as far as I looked it was all his and he said by law He needs to kill 21 deer a year on his property because they, deer are such a problem mm. You know because there are no natural predators. Uh, there's
0: another thing. they they've found out today There's an article today. There was always these um, These myths about mountain lions being loose in England on the countryside. Really? Yeah, huh? It turns out it's true it turns out it came from a zoo that just admitted recently that they released these pumas Wow, they released these fucking mountain lions that they had in captivity so the people had like they you know They'd been ridiculed like oh someone took away a big cat took away my sheep. Oh this motherfucker's drinking No, they, they were telling the truth these fucking mountain lions were released in the 1980s That's amazing in the countryside in England damn. Yeah it's fucking like, crazy seems like ass they could zoo. live in all that forest. Well, if as long as here it goes the Beast of Dartmoor. That's how you say it, Dartmoor mystery solved. as zoo admits it released pumas into the wild in the 1980s. So it was one, that was one of those things. That, I think it was on that show Monster Quest, <coughs> where they were God, trying to figure animals. out. Look at how oh, awesome they're amazing, they are. man! They're amazing.
1: And you know, my my buddy has a, a seventy pound. Or seventy five pound German Shepherd, like a bite train that you know, it's a complete badass dog. And I was looking at it, and if you look at the size of that, that thing's head, it may be seventy five pounds. Doesn't look like much. Good luck fighting that thing off. I've I've seen that hit thing hit a sleeve, and it's it's horrific how powerful they are. Mountain lions get up to what, one hundred and fifty pounds? They
0: can get bigger than that. Twice that, that it's size. R- it's rare, but uh, also they're cats and cats are just way more agile i got a great story about mountain lions a friend of mine is a um a guide an elk hunting guide in colorado and he said that they found these tracks of this mountain lion they have to kill a certain amount of mountain lions on their property because they have this gigantic ranch and you know they just they they have a certain amount of tags that they have to fill or they they should fill and um so you know, they try to control the populations of mountain lions. So they were trying to find this mountain lion. They're tracking this mountain lion. They track these tracks, and they saw elk tracks, and they saw mountain lion tracks. And then they saw only elk tracks. Ooh. Because the mountain lion had jumped on the back of this fucking gigantic 900 pound bull elk wow. and rode it for 150 yards and then taken it down. Damn. So this 150 pound cat, who they wound up killing had killed this, you know, close to a thousand pound elk. That
1: is unreal, man.
0: But when they found it, the fucking mountain lion was on the elk, and the elk was down. And then, you know, they followed the tracks of this elk running with this cat on its back. The thing just leaped. Imagine being something like a person. You know, you weigh 170 pounds. Yeah. Like like a cat. A cat can weigh 100. And you decide, oh, I'm going to jump on that thousand pound horse and kill it with my face.
1: Yeah. yeah. And their canines have sensors apparently where they can sense where the jugular is yeah. so they keep adjusting their grip. Oh, God. Good God, man. Well, it's nature, man. Nature's just so
0: creepy and it's, it's ways of adjusting life to, to, life. to life. My friend Andreas Antonopoulos, uh, my, my friend the Bitcoin expert, explained this to me last weekend in Vegas. Ducks have three foot long dicks that curl and twist because the, the female vaginas have adapted to fight off rape. Duck rape. Yeah. So they have these pussies that are the, these fucking labyrinths, these twisty, turny labyrinth pussies. And they can choose to let sperm in or not let sperm in with their gigantic labyrinth pussies and these three foot long duck dicks. When you see a duck's dick, you're like, huh, oh, that is not real. Look at that duck's dick. That's, That's a drawing. Nuts. That's a drawing, but there's actual photograph. That's an actual photograph of a duck dick. What in the fuck? Damn. That's like a person with like a 15-foot-long dick. Yeah. Ducks are tiny, man. Of course, true dick. Like a person with a three-foot dick is a monster. Yeah. But a duck with a three-foot-long dick is totally standard. That's a dick. That's a limp That's one. That's a real dick. That's a guy's little, little dick. He gets shamed by the other ducks. Poor guy. Yeah, I mean, duck dicks are ridiculous. They are. A f- it's a fucking ridiculous animal. What a, what I, a cra- crazy I knew that ducks. Crew?
1: I knew the ducks engaged in rape or gang rape. Oh,
0: right. that's all they do. Yeah. That's the only way they, they gang fuck up on one. Female. Look how look how the the female's vagina has sort of adapted. To deal with the male raping, you know, They've created these bizarre pathways in their pussies.
1: When, when you when you listen to Dan Carlin's uh, Wrath of the Cons, or you read history, you know, and it was always uh, here we come, we're knocking down your walls, and we're selling everybody into slavery. History is a, is a is a history of rape, right? So most women basically were like, ah, shit, walls yeah. are coming down. We're about to our men are going to be killed. We're going to be we're going to be raped. I mean, it right. just happened over and over and over. I, I would imagine that most of history is a story like that, and women were basically just forced to be taken by you know either a group of men or whatever. It's just like most of animal history. Yeah, yeah. Know. It's really, really. It's it's just brutal. It's really interesting how how i guess women had to adapt and and evolve and 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 this woman wrote an article and i can't remember her name because it was pretty controversial and she said that because you know so much of history women had no choice they were forced upon by men uh one of two things happened first they had to find the man who was the most aggressive and strong who could protect them from the other men so for women to be attracted to aggression and strength is not so uncommon but the other really controversial thing she said was that there are cases where women are turned on by aggressive sex you know being held down or all that stuff and it's probably the fact that they had to evolve because otherwise they'd get injured if they didn't get lubricated you know it's kind of like i read that i was like well good luck with that but that was you know she was a female anthropologist i can't remember her fucking name but I was like, well, boy, that if, can you imagine coming up with that article and and that's my this is my thesis for uh, in anthropology in Amherst College, everybody. I mean, well, it's, it's a very fun, objective
0: right? thought process. Yeah. I mean, there's there's evolution. It's I mean, just yeah. evolution.
1: Well, it's, it's, also, it's called evolving yeah, and dealing with aggression the way the ducks did.
0: Well, and also dealing with the natural world that you find yourself in, which is just filled with danger and murder and constant warfare. I mean, that's, that's what people did. That's yes. all people did. I mean, there was states of peace interrupted by war Yeah, and states of peace. I mean, Genghis Khan killed, and his his children and his armies killed 10% of the population of the world so during awesome. his lifetime. That's amazing. There's a New York Times article they wrote where they were saying that he altered the carbon footprint of human beings on Earth—a measurable altering of the carbon footprint because it had killed so many people. Like you could measure the difference in the amount of people that were there before him and after him yeah. by yeah. core samples. Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Hitler did something similar in the Russian countryside. He killed entire villages because he was trying to clear an area for you know, sort of the migration of the German peoples, the idea that, you know, let's get rid of these sort of people that think and talk differently and let's create a a utopia.
0: Well, what Genghis Khan did that was so fucked up is he did it all before there was even guns.
1: Yeah, I mean and they were Jesus doing it Christ. with bows
0: and arrows. They killed somewhere, somewhere in the neighborhood of fifty to seventy million people yeah. while he was alive.
1: Well, he he said, I think what he said was really neat. I never forgot. He said the the Romans would create a wasteland and call it peace. And to an extent, the you know the 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 con the Genghis Khan did the same thing.
0: Well, not only that, what's interesting is how history looks at them now. That's one of the things that George, that. Dan Carlin was talking about Carlin was talking about how People t- tend to look in the future they'll look at and he, he was actually using it in, in in terms of like Would people do this with the Nazis that they would when enough time has passed you can say, well, he cleared the road for
1: trade to the east. Yeah, yeah. You know? well, what, was the, what was the silver lining in, in massive genocide? Yeah, in that yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, very the, controversial. But, of course, with everything, it goes back to exactly what we were talking about, where, yeah. where when you come up in the ghetto, you might just create Miles Davis. I mean, there's right. a lot of heartache and terrible things, and from shit is the brightest flower, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but- w-
0: and once there's enough time passed, then you can sort of look at it with this distance— Yeah, and you can kind of objectively look at it and go, "Well, you know, here's the benefit of that. Here's the silver lining." Where
1: that doesn't really hold up, though, is if you look at where the bulk of innovation and uh, art artistic expression on a high level came out of it. it came out of free societies i mean look at what sparta left behind nothing and look at what athens left behind
0: right look but, but at what, sort of you know, but sparta left behind a deep history of warriors mythology today, yeah yeah but, but
1: nothing you can really hang your hat on in other words story and and uh, talk about hardship and separating a child from his mother and all that stuff uh, But gerard in, but, butler 300 <laughs> and kicking people into wells yeah but the, yes it, it it's the sparta. there's a there's a myth- Mythology, that a warrior ethos that you can, you know, kind of I'm a Spartan, but but Athens, the Acropolis, right. and the writings of all of the, butt the great fucking, you know, right? the philosophy, the butt fucking <laughs> uh, the idea of demos, democracy, <laughs> yeah. demos, the people. These are these are ideas that still live on and were built upon. You know, uh, look at look at in today's world the amount of innovation that's coming out of a peaceful society and a society that respects other people's ideas and a society that for the most part, um, at least from a historical perspective, gives a great deal of freedom and benefit to those that have the guts to come up with their own ideas.
0: Well, that's the interesting aspect about what the United States is as this experiment in self-government and what it is, what, what it started off as, what it is currently, is that this is the most recent of countries. And it's also mm. the one that has overwhelmingly the most innovation, the most artistic uh, uh, contributions we're pioneers I mean, it, there's so much that comes out of here so in terms of comedy film I mean obviously the rest of the world has its contributions I'm not saying that the United States is the best I mean the Beatles came out of England there's a lot of amazing works of art that come out of all over the world but this country is a hotbed of artistic expression by far and, and by innovation far, yeah
1: by far uh, in a way the biggest
0: and it's the For most recent. Yeah. Now, the oldest country that we know of, the cradle of civilization, is the Middle East.
1: Yeah, Iraq. And that's,
0: those are the townies of the world. Hmm. This is, this is a thought that I've been bouncing around for a long time. Like this is the reason why those places are so fucked up It's because the echoes of savages, the echoes of these ancient people are still in this area. It's so difficult. Like You've got to get out of the fucking town, man. You've got to
1: leave the town. Well, but see, the, the great tragedy is that you – know, and they've done a lot of studies on why do some nations – why do some nations fail and why do some nations uh, become prosperous? And you can break it down into a number of things. You can see the problem with the Middle East is it, for a thousand reasons we can get into. And a lot of it was just uh, foreign invasion and and foreign meddling and stuff like that. But How about Genghis Khan? Yes. I mean, who what he did to Baghdad in 1260. Yeah, you know? well,
0: they say that to this day, Baghdad maybe still hasn't recovered from mm-hmm. them invading mm-hmm. and kill. They said that the rivers ran red with blood mm-hmm. and ink. Mm-hmm. Black with ink, mm-hmm. like all the amazing works, the like, libraries
1: burned, and everything Yeah. The
0: Islamic scholars throughout history were like innovators, they were like the huge the, the contributions yes. math and
1: mm-hmm. philosophy yeah. of course yeah and 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 the, the, a lot of people say that the Middle East has never even recovered, has never right. quite recovered from that, but you know there are so many important things for why a nation you know for example, one is that your political parties that lose live to see another day. That is very important. When you lose an election in a lot of countries, like the hardliners, when somebody said to me, I said, why are the hardliners in Iran such a pain in the ass? He goes, because if they lose, they will die. That's a very important thing to mm. keep in mind. So when you have power and your survival depends on holding on to power, you're going to have a secret police that basically is pretty brutal when, when they sniff any kind of insurrection. This country is pretty amazing. What's so unique about the United States is after the Revolutionary War, after every Revolutionary War, the country always breaks into civil war, always. And the Founding Fathers had incredible restraint and wisdom to to allow the election after that war to go as it would. They didn't resort to violence. That's so unique in history. But, but our country and the UK and Australia and Canada and a couple other countries, when you lose, as a, the democracy is built on the idea that when your political party loses, you, you live to see another day and fight on. Very important. The other is property rights you need property rights. The other is courts that mean something. And the other is the scientific method. You have to embrace the scientific method. A society has to say that it's not about superstition. This is not a theology. Let's let's base reality on what you can measure and what you can see. That's those things are so fucking important. If you don't have those those central principles as a through line If that's not the scaffolding of your society, you're not going to do – you're just not going to do as well as a country like the United States. You're not going to have people that innovate because there's no fucking incentive. There's no incentive in it. You're not going to benefit from it. You could get it stolen or you could be killed because you think differently or all those things. Well, also you're not safe enough to innovate.
0: Yeah. You don't have the the ability to express yourself. You don't have the ability to take chances.
1: Yeah. So the irony – the ironic thing is when you're sensitive and nice to people – when you're empathetic and when you're respectful of other people, even the ones you, don't dis- you disagree with, you make a stronger society. Yeah. Your society is stronger in every way, including militarily. Including, you have more innovation with militant with 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 weaponry. And on that note, God, I'm smart, guys. Did you, you write that fucking, shit down? You're amazing. If you want to hear more, a, you have your own podcast. I got more on podcast. And by the way, I'm taking that podcast on the road with a guy named Brendan Schaub. Oh, that's a different podcast. Oh no, this is yeah, yeah. But let's talk about the fighter and kid for a second, because oh. Brennan Brennan will beat me up if I don't talk about this. What July he beats 29th? You up? July tw- he hits me, he strikes me with an open hand. Oh, he he pulls my pants down and spanks me. And you know he could, and I couldn't do anything about it. And I've tried, I've tried to fight him, <laughs> and it bothers me because. Sometimes I get jumpy with him. I get jumpy and I'll get underhooks on him. He's and a giant. No, no, no. He's he's weird. He's weird, gianty. He. he I tried. I well, said. Well, you're kind him, of tiny dude don't use that word just say medium alright just say medium kind of medium I guess I said the other day I said I don't believe you could I, I don't believe if we were to go take them mm. for takedown and I tried to do a little upper body Greco with them yeah Yeah, and it didn't go well and I got so flustered and hurt I actually tweaked my neck that I left my wallet and my phone on my fucking car I let and you drove I let Brendan's and, yeah. brother drive my car and I yeah and you I smashed left, your yeah, phone yeah uh yeah, I have. We've been talking
0: about that recently. That I think that people have a massive overestimation, massive of what they can and can't do with their body. Oh, and that's we 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 hang around Brendan Shop. Hang around Brendan Shop. Well, forget Brendan Shop. We we played this video of these people that put on these uh, gigantic uh, balloon suits and let bulls hit them. <laughs> what you haven't seen this? No. We'll, we'll end on this. Okay. It's fucking insane that these people I want to, want see to do this. this. But I think people have this idea in their head that oh, the bulls coming. I'm going to be fine. I'll just fucking get out of the way. You don't realize. like They they massively overestimate what they can and can't do with their body. How they can move their body. I got to see
1: this. By the way, while we're watching this, July 29th, 30th, Phoenix Stand-Up Live. We're there. We still have some tickets left. Live Fighter and the Kid podcast show. It's a show. Me and Brennan Shaw. Brennan Shaw will be doing new stand-up. I'm very excited.
0: Watch this. So these assholes, look at this. No. Yeah. Meanwhile, of their here. legs, like, say goodbye to your ACL. Look at this. Watch this. Boom!
1: Boom! Holy
0: c- I cow. I mean, these are massive, massive animals. Bulls are so mean. And meanwhile, they just eat grass.
1: He looks like he's not hurt. I wonder
0: if bulls would be nicer if they had a steak. Wait, wait for it. Though. Wait for it. Yeah, because it gets worse. Like, this guy, he's like, oh, jeez, man. This is fucked up. I this is just, just started. Meanwhile, people are laughing. This is what people in rural environments do. Yeah, they laugh. They, oh man, don't get I him. Would go. Never boom!
1: Do this. Look oh, look at the my fucking lord. air that
0: guy got. The air that gentleman oh, got. Oh
1: my lord!
0: Yeah, that guy is fucked. And he hit him again while he's out cold. I mean, that dude flew through the air. Flew. Uh,
1: oh, <laughs> what about your legs, bro?
0: One more time. Boom! Exactly. Well, it seems like that bull doesn't have horns. They probably sawed their horns off. But whatever, that's not saving you. I, I might have to Boom. do that, but I don't have the guts. No, you shouldn't do that. Well, there's other ones. This is one that we looked at. They've figured out a way to do it better. Okay. And the better one is a much larger ball where you're completely <gasps> encased Yes, the that's better. Your
1: legs. He- he- you can't have it from your fucking no. waist down
0: because your legs are like super flexible or uh, super weak. Yeah, like the, I don't the want the my, my,
1: my knees getting broken yeah. by a, a bull's head.
0: And they will get broken by Ooh. a bull's head. They'll get Ooh. mangled. if so you can find the one. Yeah, you got the other one? There's... You don't okay. There, well, there's there's other videos of them doing it where they figure. Well, this is it's not safe enough we got to get a much larger ball. Mid, much larger ball. But you h- ball. hear the people in the audience? That's what happens when you get a bunch of farmers and they're drunk and yeah. they, they just wind up fucking each other. Yeah. On the sneak tip. Well, I don't know if they keep fucking each other. They why fuck do you have to bring each other like crazy, those yeah. people. There's Nothing no one around. There's like fucking 30 people in the town. They're all fucking each other's wives. Of course. Snaking around. Hey, I don't think your husband's a true Christian. You know, uh, I just see the way he talks to you and just makes me feel terrible about it. Oh, I don't feel... Uh, can you rub my
1: neck? Next thing you know.
0: Oh, <laughs> <"Arr>, you're muslim- <laughs> Kids ah, got red hair. Me? No, it's come.
1: Ah, God! I don't. That's so much come. I don't like, make that noise when I come. I, I just, just go, a lot of come. Now I'm it's like, you're lot. welcome. Like, this is for you. You've earned it. Ah, oh, uh. oh, I fart and come at the same time. Uh. Take it, my nectar. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right, guys. Good night,
0: everybody it's phoenix live see ya July, oh yeah well July brian 29th Callen. and 30th brian Callan, brennan shop b-r-y-a-n Callan. there's probably some yeah. asshole pretending to be brian that's b-r-i-a-n yeah, Callen. is there nah. is there an probably, probably that bastard oh, probably oh, is now. come see
1: me in oxnard too where are you in oxnard? Uh, levity, levity, levity oh, the, new, the new club yeah august, yeah. Oh, august dude. 4th and 5th that's gonna be great august 4th and 5th those levity Joe clubs are opening for me. Opening. okay when what day August 4th and 5th. Can you come? Um, Let me find out. Let me find out what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, it could be. All right, you fucks. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into the podcast. And thank you to Caveman Coffee for getting us through this awesome experience. Power through. CavemanCoffeeCO.com. Go there and enjoy some single family, single origin, single farm goodness. Thanks also to Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com forward slash Joe and start your free trial today. Build yourself a fucking badass website. You can do it, bitch. Thanks also to Me Undies, my all time motherfucking favorite underwear. Go to meundies.com forward slash Rogan for 20% off your first order. That's meundies.com forward slash Rogan. Uh, get the subscription rate or a single pair and get 20% off your first order and uh, you can save up to $8 a pair with the Me Undies subscription plan. MeUndies.com forward slash Rogan. Rogan. Uh, we're also brought to you by LegalZoom. Go to LegalZoom.com. Use the code word Rogan at checkout for a fucking juicy discount. And of course, each and every episode, we are sponsored by Onnit. Go to O-N-N-I-T. Find out what human optimization is all about, bitches. Use the code word Rogan and save 10% off any and all supplements. I'm on some Alpha Brain Instant right now. That's why I'm so fucking articulate. Whoa! That's it. Only one podcast this week so far. I might do one this weekend because uh, I will be with my brother Ian Edwards. We have a show at the Chicago... At the Opera House. The Civic Opera... Is it the Civic Opera House? What is it called? Yeah. Civic Opera House, which would be tomorrow night, um, June... July, I don't even know what fucking month it is, July 22nd, I just flew in from Italy, I'm amazed at how well my brain is working, I thought I'd be way more fucked up, I got up this morning at 4am, I, I did not know what, I was like, I am fucking out of it, I don't know what time it is, smoked week off, got my lift on, lifted weights, and I feel fucking great, I feel great, god damn it, considering I just flew in from Italy, uh, but that's July 22nd, this Friday night, Civic Opera House, so I might do a podcast with Ian, and also my my friend John Dudley, Uh, he's going to be in town too, we might do a podcast together, so it all depends, I'm not promising you shit, but it's possible, but next week I got a lot of good guests, Uh, Duncan will be here next week, my friend Justin Wren from uh, Fight for the Forgotten, Um, uh, Jerry Stevens, UFC top featherweight, contender he'll be here as well and uh good possibility gary johnson will be returning as well uh presidential candidate the only one that i support gary motherfucking johnson and uh that's it all right you beautiful bitches love the fuck out of you people thanks for tuning in thanks for all the love appreciate the fuck out of you guys and uh see you next week bye bye big kiss